I've had these dreams lately. What dreams? Well, well if you're gonna dream, dream big, right? It's just a dream. It's just a dream. It's just a dream. Dream. This is your dream. I've been dreaming. I've been dreaming, guys. Dreaming. Guys, I'm so sick of things being done to me that I want to do things again. One bike burning a year and at least a, a, a couple massive music and... What's going on? I have a good one for you today. I have uh, a thought. I was really thinking about what's the best Christian institution in America that is the least converged. And uh, I have some ideas. I have some theories. So we'll talk about that. We're also going to... Oh, and thank you so much for everybody who's bought merch. People seem really excited about it. Merchforbears.com. The sales are... uh, Beyond my wildest expectations, I can't believe how well everything's selling, so thank you. It's, uh, it was a real pleasant surprise to have uh, another income stream coming in, and a lot of people are going to get hilarious and uplifting shirts and hoodies. We do have a mug uh, idea that's on the horizon that's hilarious. You had your weekly bath? No, this is actually sweat. <laughs> I'm uh oh Denmark Bear, it's not a bath. No, I took a I've been taking baths at night though to help my uh help my cough. Amy's been having me drink a gallon of water. That seems to be helping. I'm fine though. It's all good. But uh I, hey Spool Bear. So don't and also uh Spool Bear has a gig September 30th at the Pearl in Bonner's Ferry, if you guys want to check that out. I don't know if we're gonna be able to make it, but um we really would like to, you know. Anyway, so today I have the funniest sketch from Adam Sandler and SNL back in the day that perfectly describes the gammas. Because uh, for those of you that I'm sure almost none of you know this because no one cares, but uh, Fall Romano uh, from Pockets of the Failure has, uh, has done another hour and a half on me. Called like the parasite and crowdfunding. Uh, Toronto Jew Bear gave it a listen and gave us a recap so you don't have to uh, potentially want to kill yourself. But they can't quit me. And I'm starting to think that uh, Fall is actually a gamma. I always thought he was an omega because he was so lazy and so low functioning. But he does appear to be seething with envy. So uh, that's typically a gamma. And he's being... uh, 
completely deceitful. So we're going to break that down. And Jim uh, Rim Job is at it again. Let's see what else do we have today. But first, I mean, listen, I know I've been kind of hard on old Squirtish stunt. Oh, and by the way, if you want a super chat, Denmark Bear said I called it. Yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty remarkable. He's, uh, he's going totally crazy. And I had a bunch of friends over last night. We had a really nice bonfire, great hangout. My friend brought sushi. And I was asking him, because these guys are doing such a bad job making fun of me. Like, horrible. Like, to the point where, where, where I almost want to help them. And I, and I said to my friend, because I like, uh, I like Gavin McGinnis's uh, right-hand guy there. I like his impression of me. I think it's a, a pretty funny, a funny thing he does about me. Because if you're going to make fun of me and you're going to make fun of how I talk, you're going to be like, hey, no way. It's Allegheny Bear. Hey, Allegheny Bear, do you got gay to pay away? You know, like that's funny because that's set in reality. But it doesn't hurt me because it's funny. See, these gammas want to hurt me. They want to take me down. They want to expose me. But the thing is, is there's nothing to expose. And they can't because it doesn't work because it's fake. You know, Rimjob did a um, uh, Rimjob did a a video doing an impression of me. Hang on, I'll I'll try and find it on my phone real quick here, guys. It doesn't sound anything like me, and it's like embarrassing. So I asked my friend. So this is Rimjob's impression of me. Do a stream about me. I just want to say a big shout out to my bears. I mean, you guys are really coming through. I saw some uh, super chat. I saw a super chat come in from, uh, from uh, Toronto G-Bear. Okay, he's doing an impression of Cartman, okay? So, because some people wrongly say I'm doing Cartman when I, hey, I'm, I'm just a grabbly. If I was going to show you who it was the most uh, inspired by, it's absolutely not Eric Cartman. It is this guy. Give me one second. And I've showed it before, and it affected me a lot as a child. Uh, never ending story. Uh, Sphinx Gate, a scientist. I'll show you the guy. Where is it? Oh, yeah. This is the guy that's the most inspired. It's, but it, see, the, re, the, the grabbler, the grabbler is a thing. It's not Eric Carton. I'm going, hey, hey, you guys, hey, you guys. That's not what I'm doing. And I don't talk like that. When I'm doing the grabbler, it's much closer to um, Billy Crystal from Princess Bride um, or this guy from The NeverEnding Story. When he goes, it's, it's my telescope. Let, let me see. What is it? Yeah, yes, where is it? Yes. I am somewhat of an expert on the Saturnarical. It is my site. Okay, I'll just tell you. Uh, you guys can go find it. It's when it's when the Atreyu is looking through the telescope. Or was it Atreyu? 
Yeah, Trey was looking through the telescope, and he goes, let me see. It's my telescope. It's, I'm a saint. It's, it's that. It's narcissism. It's, uh, it's the hyper-intellectual narcissist. It's not Eric Cartman. I'm somewhat of an expert. Oh, yeah. And uh, it's uh, ridiculous that that was his impression of me. See, this is what fall from pockets of the failure, squirticus, rim job, they're trying to hurt me, but in reality, they are. They're trying to uh, come up with jokes to hurt me, but the reality is you can't because they're not true. Okay, when I make fun of Squirtus um, being a little gamma or rim job being a little perverted gamma, it's, it works because it's true. You know, it's the revealing of comedy. If there's nothing to reveal... Um, you know, it doesn't work at all because it's fake and no one laughs and it's embarrassing. You understand? You know, these wizards, the, the way a wizard can create something that's totally fake with words is they get you to react and then, cre- and then make it real with your actions. For example, let's say um, uh, the gammas start getting me really agitated and angry and then I start changing and I become like a dick and I'm not funny anymore. That's how they can create a reality with wizard words. But if you don't change, if you don't fall for the trap, they literally can't do anything. It's the venom in their hearts. Yeah. And this is, and this is, uh, and rim job here. This is a guy who claims to be a Christian. Okay. Listen to this. He hates Toronto Jew bear. The fact is people who leave the jersey behind from the Jets or the or whatever, they might get some shit from their friends, but they're not going to get na- like faceless, nameless, anonymous Toronto Jew bear piece of shit guy tracking down his ex, your ex-wife if you no longer watch the Bulls, dude. The fact that you're trying to equate the two. No, 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 no. Rim job. He's lying. He's obviously lying. If Rimjob just stopped watching me, do you think people would be motivated to look into his life? No. Rimjob started using his platform as a declaration of war to destroy my community that a lot of people are a part of. Okay? (laughs) It's a big difference there, Mr. Liar Pants. Shows how lost you are, how stupid you are. Christianity. Well, what's even wrong with that? They tracked down the ex-wife for what? Like, what's the damage that comes from that? Oh, I'm an internet person, ex-wife. Okay, who the fuck cares? They're all internet what? people. Harassing you know people. I mean? What's wrong with? By the way, that's it's, he's he's now saying Toronto Jew Bear harassed his ex-wife. No, he just reached out to his ex-wife, and his ex-wife said that Rim Job is a mess and wants to be a cult leader. And it was a very nice conversation. It's his ex-wife. It's not his wife. It's his ex-wife who hates him. <laughs> okay? Asking people, is that what you're asking? I'm, I'm really, are you I'm a asking, bear? Are I'm you a bear, yes or no? Are you yeah, a, bear, a bear, yes or no? Yeah, okay, what's your bear name? What's your bear name? G-Bear. G-Bear? Are you Gunny Bear? No. Okay, G-Bear. He's like, what's your bear name? Are you a bear? Time for some deprogramming. Are you a bear? This is, uh, this is uh, Mad by Jim Bob. This is a perfect example. He is a fucking ex-girlfriend times a thousand. Okay, this is uh, Made by Jim Bob's new show. Hi, everybody. 
Welcome to the Denise Show. Uh, as you know, uh, Denise is the girl who broke up with me five weeks ago. Uh, wasn't that big a deal. She ripped open my chest and pulled out my heart. But it's fine, it's fine. Everything's okay. So uh, let's move on with the show. Looks like we got a phone call. Hello? Brian, how you holding up, man? I'm okay. All right, hang in there, buddy. You the man. Thanks. I am the man. <laughs> okay, if you're just tuning in, we're taking calls. Tonight's subject is Denise. Uh, have you seen her? Has she said anything about me? Let's take another call. Hello? Hey, Brian. I saw Denise at Friendly's with her parents. The one on Central Avenue? Oh, yeah. Really? Did she look happy? Yeah, I guess so. Good. Good for her. That's great. Seriously, that's really, really good. I can't tell you how happy I am for her. Okay, man. See you later. That's like Rimjob there being like, yeah, I can't tell you how saved by Jesus I am. I'm just, I'm just filled with joy, man. I'm just, every day I'm just filled with the, the spirit of the Lord. Fuck! You think you're a bear? You're not crushing. You, you have a face like a pig. Dude, it's fucking crazy. This is Jim Bob right here. Ready? Okay, good. She deserves to be happy. I'm glad. I really am. All right, now's the time in the show when I like to give Denise a call and hang up on her. This is Jim Bob. Every time I do a, uh, a stream uh, on YouTube, he does a super chat and he's like, ask him about one time he fingered his butt in middle school. <laughs> okay, he's like clinically fucking insane. Great. Now let's bring out my first guest. He lives down the street from me and uh, has known Denise since kindergarten, Daryl Fitzsimmons. By the way, right now, uh, Rim Job will have on anybody that says they've ever met me and has anything bad to say. And I want to say something real quick, too, because the current narrative and fall from pockets of the failure is starting is pushing this as well, that I have all these fallouts with my friends. Okay, I was in Hollywood for 16 years, and a lot of you guys followed me way back then with my Comedy Central specials, or being a regular on the sitcom Sullivan and Son, or being in Adam Sandler movies, or touring with Vince Vaughn, or doing uh, Leno and all that stuff. Do you remember any of those people that I've ever turned on? I've never turned on any of them. Have I ever done a stream about the real Steve Byrne, or the real Vince Vaughn? Oh, Jesus! If I, if I showed you the cast of Sullivan and Son and you look through all of them, you can use myniggle.com and you can verbally look at every stream I've ever done. And I'm talking like thousands of hours and I haven't bashed a single one of them. Okay. I don't even have any anger about these people. The Impractical Jokers have I ever done. Oh, the real truth about the Impractical Jokers Oh, when I was in, no, no, I've always just been chill about everybody. Even the people that wouldn't talk to me anymore because they claimed I went crazy. Um, I have, I have not had falling outs about people I actually know in person. Okay. I not only don't know Paul from pockets of the future, I've never talked to him. He doesn't show his face online and he doesn't have male friends. Okay. So when people say, oh, I'm starting to see the common denominator, it's you. No, the common denominator is these fucking miserable wretches are clout chasing me. Okay? 
They're trying to start beef with me so they can get clicks and money. People in my life, Steve Byrne, okay? Steve Byrne and me, like, we were really tight. Toured all the time. We're on a sitcom together, blah, blah, blah. Kind of falling out. Like, he didn't have my back during my issues and, you know, just totally, you know, all that shit. I never once did a stream about him. And you know what? Me and him are on friendly terms. You know, a couple years after all that shit happened, we had a nice conversation. Like, I actually am not unstable with people in my life. Vince Vaughn, have you ever seen me do a the true Vince Vaughn and some big fucking troll bashing of people that I actually know in my life? No. Jim Bob came, the re, one reason why the Jim Bob thing was so personal is because he's one of the only ones of all these people I've ever even met in person. And I was trying to rebuild my uh, entertainment community outside of the entertainment world. And Jim Bob was one of those people I wanted to help rise up, to have in my world, to uh, associate with, to be in my community. And guys, objectively, he went nuts. I agreed to do a theological debate with him about the Trinity. We privately agreed that it was going to be comedic, that it was not going to be serious, that we were going to show the people that we could not agree on the Trinity, but still be friends and laugh. He turned and made it serious, crazy, like Bible-thumping, churchy, and horseshit, okay? He started this whole crusade against my... Uh, I know now what he did, what he was planning on doing, that little weasel. He saw the Trinity as something called a wedge issue in marketing in my group. I don't think like a marketer. I'm not a weasel. I'm not a a uh, low-grade, low-status, piece-of-shit obsessed with money at all. I would never think that way. And wait till you hear what Toronto Jubair is saying about fall from Pockets of the Failure. It's like these people are projecting on me what they actually are, okay? Yeah, his Serbian ortho handler broke his mind. Yeah, so his whole mission, and I now know that he was having private conversations with uh, his Orthodox people, where he said, I'm going to convert the bears to Orthodox Christianity. When what he told me was we were going to have a funny exchange. I'll never do a theological debate ever again, because I don't trust people when it comes to this shit anymore. And so uh, he saw something called a wedge issue where there was this thing, there was this one topic where he thought he could get a big chunk of my audience over to him. Cause there there's, uh, I was talking to one of, one of the guys who's very instrumental in the bear community. And we're talking about how to set up various people and different jobs at the festivals. And we're talking about uh, how there's some people with a high emotional intelligence and other people with a high level of execution. And so you'd want someone greeting uh, bears coming into the festival with a high emotional intelligence, friendly. How you doing? Welcome, blah, blah, blah. And then, you, uh, and then the guy in the parking lot it's not about being friendly. You don't want him chatting with everyone. You want him directing people uh, where to park. And these are the things that you, uh, that you have to think about when you're placing people in the hierarchy, where it's like, okay, someone personable, somebody, someone you can chat with for a while. Uh, or are they somebody that just gets it done? And like, imagine if you're coming into Bertari, you just drove 12 hours. You're pulling in and someone's like, do you have a ticket? Do you have wristband? Go. You'd be like, whoa. But how about you got someone that's like, hey, welcome to Bertaria. Where are you coming in from? Right? And then you're like, oh, right. 
And then imagine if those two roles were reversed, where the guy in the parking lot wants to chat, you know, and so the line's all all backed up, but the guy over there was just wait. All right, so you understand. And another another thing to think about with people uh, when you are when you are placing people is do they have a um, unlimited? Do they have an infinite a view of infinite possibilities? Oh, how do I put this? Uh, do they? Is it a zero-sum game mentality? Is it a, 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 a scarcity mentality or an infinite possibility mentality? I have an unlimited growth mentality. I always have. Um, Squirtus, rim job, uh, fall from pockets of the failure. They have a scarcity mentality. They think there's this amount of people. I have to get them to me. I think there's unlimited people. There's no, it, there's, there's literally no stopping. Cause like, I used to do my friend's shows all the time, my friend's uh, festivals. I'd do Vince Vaughn's tour. I'd do Adam Sandler movie, whatever. These guys don't think like that. And one of my friends and I were talking about this last night. They're like, you know, they think like, I want my festival. I'm not going to do Owens. So how am I supposed to create a wedge between him and his audience so I can get his audience to me? That's poverty thought. That's how you end up impoverished spiritually. Okay, so, so these people, that's, so what, what was I talking about? I was, I was making a point about uh, how these people are. But so I got blindsided by this guy with this theological debate. And then he started doing this whole thing about, I got to end, the, we're going to end the bears. Get rid of your bear name, burn your bear name, come to, come to us. We have Jesus, we have God, we're the only true church. Looking back, it's unbelievably sick and gross and blasphemous and greedy and uh just just really icky and gross scarcity versus abundance yeah like uh like uh Gardner has an abundance mindset where it's like he can do his thing and then come to Bertaria and then do his thing and go to Costa Rica and it's like the more the more nodes vibrating the more overall energy for everybody that's how I think that's why I'm like oh I'm not gonna send anybody to spool bear Spoo Bear, if they go to see Spoo Bear at, at the Pearl, then they're not going to think about me. That's literally how these people are. They only think I'll promote if I get a piece or I got I to gotta figure out the wedge. And, and so the Trinity was this big wedge issue. And he was right. He did get some people to uh, leave the Bears. And it's been a blessing because a lot of those people were the most annoying, churchian, coping mechanism people on the fucking planet. You know, if someone says... If you don't believe the Trinity, then my Trinity doesn't work. It's like the mask. It's a coping mechanism. If you have deep faith and you have your own strength, you don't need me to believe what you believe. You understand? Like the people saying, if you don't wear a mask, my mask doesn't work. It's because if I don't wear a mask, it shows that your mask might not be anything. And so somebody with a strong faith in the Trinity doesn't need me to believe in it. All they need to think is, am I a good guy? Am I funny? Do they trust me? You know, it's like, that's a reality. It's like, well, if you, if you don't believe what I believe, then you're going to hell. It's like, is that a, no, it's because you feel insecure because if I have a good life and I'm not in your world, you're going to start wondering if your world might have some flaws in it. You know, BJ's is the next wedge issue. Yeah. So, um, 
So this is, so the Jim Bob show is now anybody, anybody that has any opinion about me can go on his show because he's obsessed with me. His whole world's around me as he beats his Bible and claims that his is the only true church. See what a tangled web we weave. And when we practice to deceive Shakespeare said that Uh, it's so true. When you do these little marketing schemes and these uh, shadowy plots to try and take down a functioning and good community so that you can get some more clicks and some more money for your filthy, disgusting, greedy, porn addicted wife, you know, uh, who I know is just beating him. Just, I'll get it more money, Jim Bam. It's like, well, it all comes out in the end. It all comes out in the end, Rim Job. And now you're just an obsessed guy whose show is just about me. What's up, man? What's up? Hey, uh, Daryl, don't you think Denise and I made a good couple? Yeah, definitely. I know. What's with her? I don't know, man. Okay, thanks for coming by, Daryl. Thanks. Okay, uh, let's move on to this week's Denise trivia question. The question is, last summer when Denise and I took her niece to Chuck E. Cheese, how long did Denise say we'd be together? The answer is forever. Hmm. I guess in Chuck E. Cheese, forever means eight months. Okay, now's about the time on the show where I lose it. And my dad calls up and yells at me. Here we go. I can't believe she did this to me. It's not fair. What did I do wrong, Denise? Just tell me and I'll stop doing it. Hello, Brian. This is your father. What? What the hell is wrong with you? You're embarrassing the family. I can't help it, Dad. She oh, was, stop it. She was everything to me. Stop she, it. she was so Okay, that was great. Okay, and the difference between me and Rim Job is that was the funniest guy on the funniest show with me growing up. That guy watched my uh, sketches I was making when I was 24 and put me in four movies. Okay? I'm a winner. Jim Bob's a loser. Paul from Pockets of the Failure is a loser. Squirtus is a loser. Okay? They want to act like I have this marketing scheme to befriend people and then cause drama. No, 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 no. My two favorite comedians were Adam Sauer and Vince Vaughn. They both identified me as a comedic genius and were the reason I had a career in Hollywood. Okay? I got to marry one of the most beautiful women I've ever seen who became like this diehard, you know, homesteading legend, mother of four. I live on a, a farm without any debt and I get to do exactly what I want every day for my job. I'm a winner. These people suck. And if you want to step up and try and ruin my uh, community, you're just going to be fodder for my show because people enjoy this. And I know my audience. These people don't even know their audience. You think people that are, want to grow micro weens, want to hear Squirt of Stone fucking rant about some random guy every single day? 
Do you think a bunch of Orthodox Christians that liked his cartoons about Bill Gates want to hear five hours with Reddit trolls about why Owen Benjamin is a terrible person? Okay? Now, Squirtus Stone, Squirtus Stone has responded. And I'm going to do him the favor. And he, uh, uh, playing it. All right. So for those of you that don't know, this is what old Squirtus looks like. And he he sent me this, and I'm going to play it for you guys. Curtis Stone here. I have a present for you. My name is Curtis Stone, but call me Squirtus Moan. I'm a shill, but chill. I'm in my green zone. You don't need God. You need me for plant weans. Just look at my jorts and my microgreens. I contradict myself and yell like a sissy. Every time Owen roasts me, I get pissy. I argue, I fight, even though I agree. It's because I need attention, maybe. I can now grow alfalfa. I will now grow alfalfa. I'm not a gamma. I wear capri pajamas. I will now grow alfalfa. I can help you find land with the click of my right hand. Oh, brother, that'll be another 10 grand. My brother, my brother, I always say... Maybe it's because my own brother is gazing at my garden of perfection. Oh, geez, I'm getting an erection. <laughs> it's an alpha, because Jordan tells me so. Let's take my Coke mirror and pick up some hoes. I can now grow alfalfa. I will now grow alfalfa. I'm not a gamma. I wear Capri pajamas. I will now grow alfalfa. I just your squirt pumps like a methed out fag. While I scream at Owen till he has to gag me, I measure a man based on his nice suit. But I can only grab at the low fruit. I have a smoking gun. Oh, wait, I have not. I use Owen's public info as my mic drop. I make claims that I can't back up. I tried, I failed, and that's what's up. Uh, I've had enough. I'm out of here. Rage quit. All right, that was great. Somebody, it's really, it's so funny. Somebody sent that to me. And I get a lot of emails, so I didn't read it at first. And I didn't respond or anything. And then he sent it again, except the title says, I'll pay you $100 if you don't think this is funny. And I'm like, okay. So, and, he, and in the email, he said, I know you're an honest person and I know you won't lie about this. If you honestly don't find this funny, I'll give you $100. And I wrote back, obviously I laughed. You can keep the $100. <laughs> what are some hilarious? All right, so, um, so Squirtus is obsessed with fame. Obsessed with fame, okay? He just wants to be this big, fancy boy that everyone knows. Want to hear something hysterical? So I Googled Curtis Stone for the first time in my life. And uh, he's not in the first 10 pages. It's some chef from Australia. In order to find any pictures of Curtis Stone, you have to type in Curtis Stone Micro Green Canada. <laughs> like... It's one thing if your name's like Will Smith or something. I had no idea this fucking guy even exists. If you just type in 
Curtis Stone, the top hits are Wedding, obviously not Curtis, Married, MasterChef, Younger, Food Network, Restaurant, Surfing Menu, Cookware, Show, Kitchen. Dude, I had to type in Curtis Stone Microgreen Canada, and then I would get pictures like that and that. That he, he did headshots, and this is how he combed his hair. He's such a fucking pussy. Okay, moving on. I will now grow alfalfa. That was so funny, dude. I was listening to the history of Nike today, and dude, the the those threes are everywhere. Oh yeah, this is called Gamma Steel. That's hysterical. Whoever said that? Hang on. Get no, that's called Gamma Squirt. No, it's called uh, Gamma Squirt. Uh, it's so fucking embarrassing. I can't believe I was so low in the underworld. Because now I'm out, I'm listening to music, I'm listening to business uh, streams, I'm listening to history, and I'm I, and somebody wrote, they go, when God told Paul to like attack me, maybe it was because he wanted me to stop listening to Paul. Okay, so here's the breakdown from Toronto Jew Bear, and for those of you that go, oh, you're the one upset, no, my audience finds this super funny. In the chat, who wants to hear me read Toronto Jew Bear's breakdown of fall from pockets of the failure, his new video, his fourth video, just about me. It's now over 10 hours. It's called the big parasite and crowdfunding. Who wants to hear it? Yeah. Gamma squeal. This is great. Yeah, it is. Uh, the entertainment, please. Yes. Says, uh, the entertainment renaissance after the play. Yes, please. Says Danzac right here. Yeah. Yeah. All right, here we go. So Toronto Jew Bear says, he did another 45 minutes on just you yesterday. I wrote, of course he did. Looks like he's lost 3,000 subs. What did he say? He wrote, and so uh, Toronto Jew Bear said, just put it on. He's saying he's learned from his comment section that you grifted Rogan and Crowder to steal their audience. Now it's just repeated the same old shit from his five-hour squirtathon. Oh, and Alex Jones. You tried to steal Alex Jones's audience. Okay, anybody that listens to me knows that's not what happened. Alex Jones kicked me off his show because he said I was an anti-Semite. Because I criticized Israel because of a call-in. Steven Crowder's dad concern-trolled me because I didn't think we went to the moon. And then Crowder, who is a fucking pill-popping freak, who's definitely just a, a queen, was like... Uh, what was, was like, did a concern troll saying that everyone's worried about me, blah, blah, blah. Fuck you, man. Joe Rogan, I've talked to four total times in my life and three of them were his podcast that he asked me to do. Okay. And me correcting the story is not, oh, you sound so defensive. Oh, Jesus. Me thinks the lady doth protest too much. Squirt, squirt. I was listening to a Christian who converted to Islam Almost singularly because of the Catholic Trinity, he wanted to worship a singular God. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not going to debate that with people or argue. I have some theories about why. Because I remember Christianity when I was a kid was not so Trinity-centered. I have a theory that it got way more Trinity-centered after the Iraq wars. Because as the truth started coming out about why the American military bombed the shit out of Afghanistan and Iraq... There was going to be way too much camaraderie with Muslims that they needed a because conservative America, every single thing they bitch about Muslims uh, have fixed. Rather, it's 
uh, sodomy, marriage laws, fornication, uh, usury, debt, banking, fiat system, like all this shit that the truth or right wing bitches about the Muslims uh, don't do. They like actively fight against like there's so much more effective at solving the problems than the quote unquote Christian right in America that I think the Zionist media really needed a wedge issue. And that is Jesus Christ. Cause uh, Muslims believe Jesus Christ was a perfect messenger of God. They just don't think he's God. When I was a kid, we didn't think Jesus was God. He was the son of God, the Messiah. I believe since t- 2003, There's been a massive, massive funded push to get this wedge issue of like, but only through Christ. But it's like, but the teachings of Christ. No, no, through Christ, though. It's like, but what does that mean? You know, your your church has a female pastor and a rainbow flag and everyone's drunk. Like, what do you mean only through Christ? It's like, only through Christ, only through Christ the Lord. It's like, oh, Mohammed, Mohammed's a pedophile. It's like, well, how old was Mary and Joseph? How old was Rebecca and Isaac? Like, how old was the marriage laws in America in 1880? Wasn't it seven? Isn't that girls got betrothed? And they're like, no, no, only through the Lord. And you're just like, oh, shit. This is a, a spell to keep the consciousness from saying, why the fuck did we just bomb Afghanistan for 20 years? You know, that 9-11 spell just didn't last And I think they really needed like a wedge. So Christians weren't like, dude, Muslims are crushing. And Muslims being like, oh, right wing rural Christians are crushing. And then and then the Zionist bankers are like, oh, shit. Yeah. Growing up in different churches and youth groups, I never had the Trinity pushed from 79 to 97. Same here, dude. I was raised Catholic. And don't get me wrong. We had like there was a church called the Trinity Church. So they believed in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. But the whole idea that Jesus was God, and that was the main thing that defined Christianity, is absolutely, in my opinion, it's recent. Now, I'm not saying that Christians didn't believe that Jesus was the living God or the representative of God, but but having that be like the main thing is a recent push, in my opinion. You know, because I was always told, and I have a good memory, man. I am blessed and cursed with a really good memory. And, um, and you know, the, the, I was always told Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God who died for our sins. But it's like, it was never, because now the, the way the Trinity is being pushed, it really doesn't make logical sense. Where it's like, oh, he died for our sins. Oh, so God died? No, God didn't die. So then how is he God? Oh, he's God. Then he died, but he didn't really die. And he prayed to himself. You're like, Ooh, this sounds like it's a bit of a, it's a bit of a media push. And I'm not getting into it again. Don't worry, Denmark bear. Uh, I like the idea that God saved BB from Paul through Paul. Yeah, yeah, totally. So this is the breakdown of, uh, because it's not, it's not working very well. You know, your, your main, it's like, it just doesn't work. Like lies don't work long term. And I'm not saying the Trinity's a lie or Jesus isn't. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not gonna attack your religion at all. I'm totally not in that world. Don't don't freak out. Don't start shaking and spitting. Um I'm just saying that it isn't an insane question to say who did Jesus pray to? Because then when me and my family tried to go to churches, 
it seemed a lot like it was a worship of self. Where it's like, with Jesus I can fly over a mountain. I have wings on my back. With Jesus I can conquer anything. Jesus in my heart means I can fly to the sun. It's just like insanity. And I, I wanted to make a quick uh, pitch here. You know, I was thinking about what Christian institutions have uh, maintained. And I'm going to say something that I tweeted today that I thought would be very controversial. And a lot of people, yeah, people freaking out about religious differences is new also. Totally, totally. Back in the day, it just wasn't a big thing. It's just, I think the most stable, actual Christian institution in America is Alcoholics Anonymous. And I... There's a few aspects of it that I, I've never, I'm not an, an AA guy. I don't think you should be defined by being an alcoholic, you know, but if you just change, hi, my name is blah, 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 and I'm a sinner, and you look at Alcoholics Anonymous, it's actually way, all right, so here's like a mega church where it's like, Jesus gave me wings, now I can fly over the mountain, only th- when you have Christ, you have anything, I can do coke and get my dick sucked. All right, it's fucking nonsense, and I'm not going to pretend that that's anything. AA, if you really look at what AA is, AA is a group of people that hit rock bottom, and I'm not pushing it. I don't. There's a lot about it I don't know. How dare you? They hit rock bottom, and they sought like salvation through a higher power, admitting their sin, and listening to each other's miracles. Okay, like I actually, they're not 501c3. They're, they always are wherever, like they can be at a basement at a firehouse or like a church on a Wednesday or it's where they gather in his name, right? It's so simple and it's just about accepting that you're fallen, admitting there's a higher power, seeking forgiveness and through acts, like through works. Because another thing that I see in Christianity now, it's like, only faith not works. If you have faith, you can get your dick sucked and go to a Coldplay concert. I have wings I can fly because Christ gave me wings. I, I, I am Christ. Okay, so that shit is insane. And they're always like, oh, you, sir, you say it's through works. Oh, 12-step much? No. John 316 means I can do coke and drink monster energy drinks. I can be a piece of shit and scream at my daughter and then punch my wife. But Jesus gave me the wings to fly. It's like, it's creating this satanic hell man, you know? But when you look at AA, you're looking at people that are like, I'm broken. And then they share their experiences. They're like, every day it's a struggle. Because it is, life is a fucking struggle. Every day it's a fucking struggle. You wake up, you try and be better. You forgive, do the, the 12 steps. Let's go through the 12 steps. It's like, John 3.16 gave me wings to fly. Now I'm running for Senate and I fuck all my interns. All right. Um, and I know how, like, uh, I have compassion. I know how appealing it must feel to be like, you know how you feel like a piece of shit? Well, if you accept Christ, not only are you not a piece of shit, you're eternally forgiven no matter what you do, and you're going to heaven no matter what, and you don't even have to do anything. It's all faith. And everyone's like, but, but Jesus didn't. It's like, 
No, no. Jesus is God. He died for you, but he's God and he can't die. Just, just give us money and get your dick sucked. And, all right. So anyway, uh, AA 12 steps. Because uh, AA, AA has actual results. And it's not about money and it's not about power. It's about people that come and gather in his name and they admit they're fallen and they seek help. And that to me is objectively the most Christian institution in the world. Yeah, it's about forgiveness. Like, look at Jim Bob. Jim Bob has no forgiveness in his heart at all. No gratitude, no joy. He's like, are you a bear? Oh, fuck you. Like, that's not what, in my opinion, that has nothing to do with what Jesus was talking about. And if that's Christianity, you can call that Christianity, but that just means Christianity is hell. And I know Christianity is not hell. The standard of being saved became an altar call and and a prayer. They made that the finish line instead of the starting line. Longbow bear, longbow bear. You're like a poet. You're like an an electrician poet. (laughs) When you're not doing the obviously gay thing of giving people electricity, uh, you really are an eloquent fuck. You know that? AA worked for me. It gave me a group of men to be around that weren't actively. Yeah, and somebody was, uh, somebody in Twitter was like, that mega church, a lot of churches don't look like that. I go, true or false? Do you have a band? Is your church capable of openly condemning drinking and openly condemning sodomy? If not, shut the fuck up. Like, you're not at a church. You're at a masturbatory fucking self-worship psycho center for the devil. Like, it's literally retarded. Okay, so step one, we admitted we were powerless over alcohol, that our lives had become unmanageable. That's, that's a Christian act to say that God is in control, that you are power, like your ego could not do it alone. Like you had to walk with Jesus or walk with God in order to get through your problem. Like admitting that you can't do it on your own to really like accept that has helped a lot of people. And it's very, very Christian. Number two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Yes. Appeal to the higher power. If that higher power isn't Jesus, then you can't get your dick sucked. It's enough. It's enough. We've all had enough of this lie, bullshit, modern 501c3 Christianity. It's like, I have Jesus in my heart. That's why I'm drunk and I just beat my wife, but I'm still going to heaven. (laughs) Like, what? Um... Uh, Number three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Number four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Number five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Number six, is this the right 12 steps? I don't know. I've never been there, but I've seen it work. Number six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of our character Number seven, humbly ask him to remove our shortcomings. Number eight, made a list of all persons we have harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. That's very important. Like, be honest. Who have you done harm to and can you make amends? And one thing that that does, which is really cool, is you'd be surprised how many people totally forgive you. You know? Because I've done that. Like, I naturally kind of do all these steps in my life. And uh, I think, like, did I do wrong to somebody? And then just reach out and say, I'm sorry. Want to hear something funny? I tried that with Rogan once. 
Not that I did wrong, but I, I texted him during COVID when he first was saying ivermectin or whatever. And I said, Joe, I'm, I'm proud of you for uh, uh, saying anything that isn't or something about the vaccine thing. I reached out to him. I'm like, like, I totally do shit like that all the time. Like, I, I'll just reach out to someone and be like, and he never wrote back. And then he went right back to shilling. But I'm like, hey, man, if you ever want to talk, if you ever want to bury the hatchet, you know, and then you see if someone else has uh, forgiveness in their heart. And if they don't, that's fine. You can totally accept that. And if they do, um, if you can find common ground, it's just better to not, you know, spew your hate everywhere all the time. And it's just so interesting that guys that claim to be so spiritual and so, you know, divinely inspired, like rim job and fall from pockets of the failure, they get so obsessed with the hatred of another man. And it's so obviously about envy. You know, wait till I read to you guys the rest of what Toronto Chubert said. Number nine, made direct amends to such people whenever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Number 10, continue to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admit it. That's so big. I might be wrong, but I'm not lying. Is a massive, uh, uh, it's, like a, it's like a code. It's like my code. Where it's like, if I'm wrong, I'll admit it every time. And you guys are witness to my life. And I'm only seeking for witnesses because I'm currently being slandered so intensely that you guys have listened to me every day for years now. And you are witnesses that when I'm wrong, I will admit it because that's a major, major step to staying connected to the higher power, you know, and you can argue all day about what that higher power is. Oh, Allah, Allah means God in Arabic. Christians say Allah that are Arab. Okay, like it's so dumb and pointless, these arguments. Like when people say, oh, why don't you say God and not Allah? You know, they'll say that to people. I'm like, do you know a Christian, a Christian Arab would say Allah in a church? Because it's an Arabic word for God. It's literally the same word. You're not, it's like saying Yahshua or Jesus. It's like, you're not really winning anything with that. It's so dumb and pointless, you know? Number 11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And the 12th step, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to alcoholics and to practice these principles in our affairs. And I, I know some people go, oh, it's also masonry. Oh, Jesus. Just like enough, man. Just try and find something that works and seems humble. And just give it props. And that's what I did today with Alcoholics Anonymous. It's like, I don't personally like the concept of being defined by your addiction. But being defined by the, your ability to sin, I think, is actually probably healthy for, for, you know, especially people that are prone to addiction. Where you're saying, you know, and the whole, uh, hi, my name is Bob and I'm alcoholic. Like, that's why it's so funny when uh, Rimjob mocks the bear names. It's like, there's an, there's an anonymous nature to the bear, the bear community where you can just be, you can just be uh, Reese Neeter, uh, Reese Neeter bear or, you know, flow cow bear. You don't have to have your name that you have at your job and you can come in here and say, hi, my name's Denmark bear. And sometimes I have psychotic thoughts about immigrants, you know, 
And then we're like, hi, Denmark bear. Right. And then we all just kind of like, we can wipe the slate clean and be ourselves and laugh in a time of lies. And so when Rimjob did that big jihad against the bears to try and market himself for money, like a fucking loser, man. It's like, what did he really accomplish? Like, what is he trying to do to his fucking? Yeah. Hi, my name is JJ Hemcrete bear. And I like Hemcrete. It's that simple. <laughs> it's just like, hi, my name's Mortwolf bear. My name's Mort and I like meatloaf. Uh, I like that. I like like being in a in a place where you can talk freely without the the weight of your societal name. I love my bear name. Yeah, Wobbly Bear. And what do we do here? We have a high standard for the truth. For we can make mistakes, we can be wrong, we can say whatever. But like, you know, it's a humbling experience and we share each other's miracles and we share each other's misery. And I think what we're doing here is actually quite productive. And I think AA does a similar thing where you, you can tell your story. You know, this is when I was rock bottom. You know, this is like these letters. These letters are testimonials to the, like the, the forgiveness and love of God and humor and community and all of that stuff. Hi, my name's Bowler Bear. I heard there would be white women here. I know Bowler Bear. That's why we always have an eye on you. I always have, I have one guy just to look at mulattoes and make sure they're not up to something. Um, all right. And this isn't a religious institution. That's what makes it so funny. Like the bear community is actively doing more what I believe to be, I don't know. I don't want to make any claims because that's just a bad road. But it just seems so much more helpful to people uh, and, and than, than these bullshit places of self-worship, you know? I busted him on that chat. I said, wait, your real name is Jim Bob. That's retarded. Oh, yeah. Isn't that so ironic that a guy who created a stage name named Jim Bob that's not his real name uh, is, is mocking us for our bear names? Okay, so anyway, here we go. Here's the uh, Kyneton. Let me read Super Chats, and then I'll do uh, Toronto Jew Bears uh, breakdown. This is what Fall from Pockets of the Failure has to say about me. He's now critiquing your advocacy of the crowdfunding model. It's incoherent. I don't even know what he's trying to say. I said bear derangement syndrome. He's so lazy, he can't actually look into anything. Toronto Jew Bear. He just admitted his annual income is less than 60 grand. He's whining that his audience is dwindling. He says your strategy is to befriend other podcasters, poach their audience, then trash them. I said, oh, the irony. He said he just praised himself for working six hours a day. He says it was a blessing when he found out his wife was cheating on him. He's now bitching that you encouraged him to start a membership system, but you didn't subscribe yourself. He's saying you should have paid him money, and that means you're a parasite. Well, Paul... I'm not allowed on YouTube. I don't have a YouTube account. I'm not allowed on PayPal. I can't fucking join your membership. And I'm very thankful I never did. My payment to you was promoting you and listening. Want to hear how much of a sucker retard I am for these failure losers? I would let Pockets of the Future commercials play so that he would get money. I would let his... his uh, Jack in the Box and Pfizer commercials play because I'm like, oh, Paul gets some money for that. I'm rooting for Paul. 
And he calls me a fucking parasite. That miserable sack of shit. That waste of space. That failure. So incoherent. He says you're unwilling to pay $4 a month. But you expect everyone else to do it. Paul admits he never paid you anything. But he pays Kyle Dunnigan. By the way, he calls him Kyle Dunigan Because he's retarded. He's literally simping for Joe Rogan now. You owe Rogan, Crowder, and Meatball for what they did for you forever in their debt. That is what Paul is saying. Now he's calling you an anti-Semite again. Now he's defending all the social media and PayPal for banning you. Same as Squirtus. He's, uh, if only you had played ball. Concern trolling nonsense. He's lamenting that you could have gotten back on Rogan. They're just revealing their inner nature. They're not truthers. They're not of the truth. They're these strategic, lying, money-obsessed little fucks. Such scumbags. He, now he's crying victim that you turned on him, even though he admitted in his last video that he called you a parasite in 2019. Now connecting you to ethnic cleansing, he's cracked. You are fanning the flames of the ethnic cleansing of blacks and Jews, that is going to take place when the economy collapses. I wrote, Jesus, has he admitted to losing subs? He said, yes. And he's obviously projecting his angst onto you. Jealous of your opportunities with Rogan that you threw away. He's definitely struggling with money. He ended up basically saying, you should have been paying him money all these years for everything he did for you and everything you stole from him. Delusional. I wrote, I paid by listening to the Pfizer ads and his dodgy rants. He wrote, guaranteed you sent him way more subs than he ever sent you. I've never heard someone say they found you through pockets of the future, but tons the other way. He even admits it. He's just a broke ass motherfucker. All right, guys, I'm going to ask you guys a favor. If any of you are subscribed to pockets of the future, please unsubscribe. Uh, his, uh, his, uh, what's it called? The, uh, what's his little channel there? That company that I had that lawsuit with for two years. I literally, Patreon. Uh, I found you through TikTok. Yeah, no, fuck him. Make it hurt. You know, teach him a lesson. Take away, if, if you subscribe to him because I told you to, I apologize. Uh, please unsubscribe. Give him nothing. He's a piece of shit. Thank you. Okay. All right. Here's some super chats. Man, as a small business owner, these last few streams have been epic. Love it. Why, thank you, Dice. That was very generous. Josh, the Ballad of Squirtus Moan was an instant classic. The guy who wrote the initial lyrics is a legend, but man, your ability to come up with lyrics on the spot like that is incredible. How the hell do you do that? I'm a, one of the best comedians in the world, and I'm significantly more talented than Joe Rogan, um, Steven Crowder, Alex Jones, and they were lucky and fortunate and blessed to have had me on their teams when they did. And they all, all turned on me first, implying I was insane because of my criticism of Israel or that I didn't think we went to the moon or because I was breaking away from the ad driven model of YouTube they all either blackballed me, ignored me, tried to get other people to take me down from their fucking podcasts, uh, did behind-the-scenes sabotage, 
Fuck Paul from Pockets, you fucking liar. You have not, you can't say you're a truther, Paul, because you don't believe in the truth. Okay? And if you want to take your 30 pieces of silver with your ad revenue by talking shit about me because people just want to hear what you have to say because they like me, I'm going to make it hurt. I'm going to make you feel this pain. You want to spread rumors that I'm anti-Semitic, ethnic cleansing. I'm the reason people are going to kill blacks. Let me tell you something about the word. Guy Tanner, we off uh, Twitter. Let me tell you about a little word here. I've been, I have been, uh, attacked as a racist and uh, uh, this piece of shit. I am kind of a racist, but you know what I mean? Like that I hate blacks because I won't stop saying the word nigger. Let me tell you something, Paul. When you say N-word, blah, 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 let me tell you a little something. If you don't give people a category that is not black people, you're going to start having people hate all black people. You want to know about societal pressure? You, you inbred fuck. Let's say people are not allowed to say nigger, okay? So what are they going to start saying? They're going to start saying black people. So like, let's say someone's like, oh, I don't want to let niggers into my business, which is somebody with their pants low, smells like weed, talking shit. You know, they look like they're going to steal, you know, niggers. Everyone knows what a fucking nigger is. Now let's say you have a black man that doesn't act like that at all, okay? The word nigger separates that guy from that guy. It's the same with white trash and white. If you don't allow people to have a category where you can say, I don't want those people, they're just going to say black people, you fucking moron. Fall from pockets of the failure who literally is illiterate and can't pronounce the word ruin. He goes, ruin. He keeps saying that he has this high IQ, but it's not there. He doesn't have a high IQ. How does someone not that can, has pattern recognition skills not understand that fact? If you can't make fun of Jews, you can't integrate with them. You can't. That's actually what creates hatred. If you can see a guy like me make fun of a, like a Jew for rubbing his hands and like, you know, doing the little Jew stuff and the Jew laughs and makes fun of me for being a giant and blah, blah, blah. That actually lowers societal tension. You want to know how to create a powder keg? You take away all humor. You take away the ability to say that nigger stole my bike. You want to know what people are going to say? That black guy stole my bike. And then they're going to start associating all black people with crime, which actually isn't true. Okay. That's the reality. Words like Zionist, Grabbler, blah, blah, blah. If you can't differentiate the Delhi Jews, I revolutionized the rhetoric around Delhi Jews, war Jews, sodomy Jews. You have sodomy Jews that are institutionally pushing sodomy, LGBT, porn on the population for profit. War Jews, Ben Shapiro, Israel, all that shit. Then you have Delhi Jews, Toronto Jew Bear. If we don't have the rhetorical ability to differentiate these groups, That's how you have violent backlash against demographics and not behavior. It's so fucking obvious. And I've been at this for so many years and I've suffered for it. PayPal, all this shit that fall from pockets of the failure saying it's good. I was persecuted on. I did it. I was persecuted because the the main globalist Zionist thing. And if you go watch E. Edward Griffin and all that stuff, the wedge issue of America is race. The, commie, the communist Zionists know about this forever. 
If they can get America to, to rip at each other based on these differences of Trinity and Jew and black and all this stuff, if they can get the tensure so high, the Americans will rip at each other instead of looking at the globalist control that's being instituted on them. Now, you're already having people saying, can't we all just get along? No, I'm not living around niggers. I'm not saying that a Jew who owns... Um, you know, blacks. Oh, fine. I have, fr- I have friends in Idaho that are black, not niggers. I have a right to say that culture, that Beyonce, Jay-Z, uh, shoot them up, bang, bang, fuck the fat ass hoes. I don't want to be around that. I also don't want to be around the cosmopolitan white fucking Britney with their venti. Like, I don't want that either. I have a right to differentiate myself, my family, my culture from all this shit. I don't want to be around and we need the words to do it. The wizards use these words to increase the tension so it pops. And then people are too busy stabbing at each other without, with the fog of rhetorical war where you can't say what it is. Why do we all love Toronto Jew Bear? Everybody here loves Toronto Jew Actual Nazis like Toronto Jew Bear. Like actual national socialists like Toronto Jew Bear. They're like, they're like, oh, he's a good guy. He's one of the good ones. Okay, so... Because I speak to people and some of them are actual Natsoc guys. Like guys that think Adolf Hitler was literally the hero of the world. Like I have people in my audience that literally think that who like Toronto Jubair, who like Tyler Goldstein. How did I manage that? Because I've used rhetoric to differentiate people's behavior from their demographic. The word nigger, the word grabbler, deli Jew, that's how I've done it. And because I'm so effective at it, they kick me off platforms because it works. It's not because I'm offending people, Paul, you fart smelling piece of shit. Trial Jew Bear is Nazi approved. Yeah, yeah, but you know what I mean. People that blame everything on Jews like Toronto Jew Bear because of his character and because he's hilarious. How did we pull that off? Because we've differentiated the behaviors. Jew as a liability shield is getting broken. Okay? You're not allowed to say that you're a Jew and you survived the Holocaust so that now you can get away with crime. We're breaking that. Okay? In fact, I'm going to spill the beans. I'm going to spill the beans a little bit about uh, a mug we may be selling in the future. See, Cal, am I allowed to spill these beans? Am I allowed to spill the beans about the, about the mug? Because you'll see right now, like, Blinken in Congress trying to overthrow the Constitution. And he's saying, like, as a survivor of the Holocaust, that we mock and break. We are not attacking Jews. We're attacking the rhetorical ability to be in a permanent victim class. Okay? That is not Jews, Paul, you fucking low-grade Inbred, low IQ, low functioning, lazy sack of shit. You embarrassment. You can spill mug beans, but no time promises. Okay, we're going to make a mug that says, I survived the Holocaust. Think about it. Think about how fucking perfect that is. Imagine what they're going to say. You didn't defend the Holocaust. It just says, I survived the Holocaust. Because we did. We all, guys, all of us survived the Holocaust. Right? So imagine you're at work. You're at work. You're just drinking coffee. And it just says, I survived the Holocaust. What are they going to say? You didn't? You're like, oh, no, my family survived the Holocaust. They were in Wisconsin. Oh, no. 
Now they had to be, oh no. That's who you're up against, Paul. I come up with shit like that. I survived the Holocaust. This is the new, this is the new Spartacus. I survived the Holocaust. And you guys go, I, we, guys, we all survived the Holocaust. Why didn't we survive the Holocaust? Well, our, our families all survived the Holocaust. So now they have to say what that means. Does that mean the only people who say they survived the Holocaust means they were in a camp? Like, what the fuck does that even mean? I wish I was in it. Jews are going to love it too. Persian Jew bear. You're sitting in an office. It just says, I survived the Holocaust. You did. Even though the Holocaust, quote unquote, ended in 1945. No, not I dodged the oven, Mortwolf Bear. See, that's how you perpetuate already false narratives. Jesus. Do you know why they did the oven narrative? Because there's no bodies. Because after the war, they all searched for the mass graves. And there weren't any mass graves. So what did they say? They go, they were all cremated. And then they go, how is that possible? And they go, shut the fuck up or you're going to get fired. Why do you think they started the oven narrative? Oh, the ovens. The Jews in the ovens. Do you know why? That was because they couldn't find any mass graves outside of like Russia, a little bit of Poland. Don't get me wrong. You'd find 20,000. Some Jews definitely got killed. Okay. No question about it. You could find 20,000 bodies. Definitely. Okay. You're not finding millions. <laughs> uh, it's, yeah, yeah. Boer Bear. How about, yeah, yours is I survived the Tuskegee experiment. That's good. That's for our blacks. If we sell 6 million bugs, I will send $25,000 to the ADL. I, guys, this is going to sound crazy. I kind of want to donate to the ADL. I, I really, I'm starting to really like them. Like, I feel like they just, they're always, they're always keeping it. They're always like, uh, I don't know. I'm just starting to really like the ADL. They just, uh, they're always stirring the pot and just keeping it going. I want to donate to the ADL. Would that be weird? Would that get me on a list? You know, I want to send him like a thousand dollars and just be like, look into Jim Bob. He hates you guys. Fuck them. They banned us from PayPal. Yeah, chutzpah. I get it. I have no problem with the ADL. I think they're crushing. <laughs> I, want, I want to send the ADL like a thousand bucks in cash. And it just says, look into Jim Bob. Because I'm going to be like, he called one of your own a pig. You don't think so? Check this out. How do you think we can get this to the ADL? I like how passionate the ADL is, even if, even if I disagree with a lot of what they say. Um, I really do. Like, this is, uh, I want to get them this. And the rest of you are perverts. You give money to pay your gay thoughts away. You're not crushing. By the way, <laughs> that's our favorite Jew in the world. By the way, uh, uh, what was I going to say? He just, he, him taking that seriously, understand how funny this is. He took that seriously. So now he just admitted that he believes that going into a building is a gay thought. I, okay, this is a little, this is a little thing about me that I'm starting to realize I find humorlessness really funny. 
And I think it's actually probably led me to some very, very destructive and bizarre friendships, quote unquote. Not friendships, but like, I find this so fucking funny. Like, I think people that totally don't understand the joke, like sometimes I find autistic people like the funniest people in the world. Like, I think not, I think taking the pay the gay away bit seriously is funnier than the bit itself. Deadpan joke delivery. Yeah, but Al Bear, he 100% doesn't get the joke. Look at our sweet, sweet boy. Now watch this again. And the rest of you are perverts. You give money to pay your gay thoughts away. You're not crushing. <laughs> Toronto Jew Bear? Whoa. Look at yourself. Whoa. You're nearing 50. No, I'm over 50. Do you even have a wife or kids? Yeah, I do. This guy, yeah. this guy, yeah, was sent out by Owen. No, I wasn't. To investigate <laughs> relationships no, did it by in my life that are ten years plus old. Your ex-wife as to a public seek intel record, about me. Crushing. Yep. Look at you, you filthy pig. That's going to the ADL. You're a filthy pig, <laughs> just like your leader. Yep, going to the ADL. Okay, so how do you think we get this to the ADL? You think if I sent him a thousand bucks in cash and some silver, like what if I sent the ADL some silver, like a little box of silver, and it just said, uh, "Check out Jim Bob. He called you guys pigs." Do you think they'd take him? Do you think they'd kick him off YouTube or something? I mean, I would love that. Admit it, BB. Rim job is on the payroll. No, no, no. This is all on the house. Rimjob is 100% serious about every single thing he's doing. All right, well, that's pretty much what I wanted to talk about today. I wanted to talk about, well, also, if you want to order our current merch, merchforbears.com. It's, uh, it's going very well. Shout out to C-Cow and the, and the team that we have behind that. Everybody's crushing. I am pleasantly surprised at how well it's going. People seem very enthusiastic. Um, I think AA is uh, one of the best American Christian institutions because they're some of the only people willing to admit that being a drunk, slobby, sodomite fuckface is not good. And Jesus didn't give you the wings to fly over the mountain and jerk off because of John 3.16. Uh, and it actually leads to people having a better life and uh, community and people sharing their uh, successes and sharing their failures and um, I don't know. I like it. I think that that's really cool. Even though I don't like the idea of permanently attaching a sin to your, to your identity. That's one thing that I would, that I don't like. Like, I'm, hi, my name is Owen and I'm an alcoholic. I haven't drank in 30 years and I honestly don't care about booze at all. But apparently that's just me now forever. But, you know, if that helps people, then that's cool. I guess some people really are like that for life. I don't know. The Beatles song about gammas yesterday was epic. If you can do that again. I don't remember Future Farmer. Why don't you just take what you're given and shut the fuck up? And Bismillah Bear says, you got to sweeten the deal with some foreskin. Do you think if I sent the ADL my foreskin, they'd get they'd kick Jim Bob off of PayPal? I heard Seacow includes one hair from his mullet with each order. Seacow, would you be willing to do that? If somebody had an order of over $1,000, would you include one hair from your mullet? Um, alpaca in the background. Oh, I got an alpaca in the background. All right, let's... Uh, Kyneton, are we ca- caught up? Let's read some mail, shall we? <coughs> Excuse me. Pardon me. 
They might require 99 more foreskins. Yeah, but they're used to baby foreskins. I have a full-grown foreskin. I mean, they could make a fucking kite out of it. Squirt themselves silly. Yes, one hair for any, anything over $333. See Kyle will include one hair from his mullet. Jim Bob is not worth the foreskin. It's not really going to be foreskin, Ukrainian bear. <laughs> you think I'm going to fucking clip myself? No, I'm going to pull a little fast one on them. Just like they do on me. And me. We have more, but I don't know if you made it through all of them. Well, let's go, Connington. Come on. Do your damn job and stop complaining, Connington. I survived the Holocaust. No, you didn't. Only me. I survived the Holocaust. It's, guys, it's a game changer. Dear Big Bear, long overdue payment for my sodomite tendencies. I shed a tear when I saw the photo by Curly, Bertari Times, of the full moon over the big top 10 at the festival. That's at K-U-R-L-Y-Y. Oh, and by the way, I just broke 3,000 followers on uh, Bertari Times. If you... the BTA app is getting unbelievably cool. So get your app, get Bertaria Times wherever you get your apps. Follow me on Big Bear on there. I still have to change it to 43, but whatever. Um, it's super positive, great, clean, awesome app. Everybody that works on it is doing a tremendous job. And uh, it's 15 bucks a year. So that's like a little over a dollar a month. And it's totally worth it. And you will... It will literally change the way you see the world. And we don't collect or sell your data. And there's no advertisements at all. All right. So uh, there's no drama, no fighting, no triggering, no shock, no theology debating, no Jim Bob clips. No, none of it. It's just it's our castle walls. And I would love for you guys to enjoy it. Um, And you'll catch the culture. You'll, You'll change for the better on that app. Because we have so many people that know the culture now that you will uh, improve on it, in my opinion. It's not a guarantee, but allegedly. Only app that is absolutely crushing and not owned by... Well, we're not making any claims. I mean, apparently I am a J. It's been claimed by... uh, I think Jim Bob calls me a Jew. (laughs) Rockfin says, uh, tip for the Bard King. Thank you, Thor's daughter bear. Anthony says... Thanks, BB. You fucking legend. Thank you. Pay the gay away for not joining PTA sooner. Uh, keep crushing. Thanks, Brian. Sandwigger Bear. Bard King just had hernia surgery. If your jokes make me laugh, you're trying to hurt me. Keep crushing from Brian. Thank you, Brian. Uh, I've been listening to the Ballad of Squirtus Moans on my commute. It's legendary. Thank you. Thanks for everyone involved. When the churches started requiring priests to go to church college, everything changed. Yeah, yeah. Just ask yourself, are they holding the line? Are they helping their parishioners? Or are they giving them a coping mechanism to be losers? How about this, guys? Let's just stop being a loser. Whether it's a truther loser where you're like, deep state. Or a Christian loser where you're like, I'm saved. Nothing matters. Squirt, squirt. Start fucking crushing, man. Like, really, really do it. You know, just just crush. Like this whole week, the whole theme is just stop being a fucking loser. Like start being a winner. And I was in the dark night of the soul for looking back several years now without even realizing it based on what I was listening to. Don't get me wrong. I've been crushing. Things have been going well. But I feel like things have taken a turn for the better in this past week. 
because I was under this weird siren song of truthers, quote unquote. They're not of the truth. It's these miserable, degraded, low status males that sit around bitching all day. And I've been listening to them like they knew something I didn't and they needed help. And that if I promoted them or if I helped them out, that they would go to a better place with their life. No, they're not. They're just going to suck. And no matter what the opportunities they get, they're going to suck. They're going to bitch and whine. And they're always going to see themselves as victims. And, and rim job, trying to pervert Christianity and make it like this miserable, ungrateful, vengeful, venomous, self-indulgent fucking mess. Is the money really worth it, rim job? How, how much is Chinky Bear throwing in? <laughs> I mean, dude, it's just, you're just not seeing the big picture, man. You're fucking blinded by, by greed. Board, oh, greed, you're crepting. You no, I'm just way more effective at everything. Yeah, I, make, I d- probably make a lot more than all these people. I don't know, though. I mean, definitely Paul. I don't know what rim job's pulling in. Maybe he does, maybe he does just get all these churchians to, to square. I, but I, don't, I literally don't care. I'm not motivated by that. But I'm telling you, dude, it's short-sighted because your whole community is always going to suck. They're going to be a bunch of fucking losers. Can you imagine if you got a bunch of Jortopians in a field to, like, move hay? What would they be doing? Chat, you know what they'd be doing. Jerking off. They'd be pants around the ankles in 10 minutes. He's need to quit for his, like, uh, he's, he need to quit for his family, like fully walk away, but he can't. Well, his wife is all, also completely uh, overtaken by the hatred of me. You know, his wife's a nasty little bitch. Has Russell Brand called you yet? I'm sure he got your number from Yay. No, I would never talk to Russell Brand. Yay, I've always enjoyed. I've always found him funny. But Russell Brand's a slob and a pervert, in my opinion. I want nothing to do with that clown. Hey, Russell, if you get my number, don't even bother. Call someone else that doesn't want to get fingered, okay? (laughs) Someone just said... (laughs) We should be able to get the mug printing machines tonight. How does it feel to invest in the Holocaust survivors? Guys, we're all Holocaust survivors. All of us. We all survived. It might be the greatest piece of merch in the history of the world by far. Because you can't get met. It's so cutting edge and edgy. Like I survived the Holocaust is like as edgy as it gets. And you can't get mad at it without sounding sounding totally insane. I don't know. Maybe I'm not being a, a godly man by saying "fuck you, Russell Brand," but I, you know, I'm not that great. Like there's there's aspects of my personality that are petty, and I just don't want to deal with bullshit. Yeah, the the truly godly man would say, "Come to me, Russell. I will help." I'm not that guy. I, uh, I, I'm just not. And for better or for worse, whatever, I'm just not. I want nothing to do with Russell Brand. Uh, I don't want to help that fucker. He might have God in his heart and they're attacking him because he really turned the corner. I, I don't care. I just, 
It's the last fucking thing I would want in my life is that British slob to just be like, oh, right. I mean, yeah, I did. I fucked some passed out girls, but what? They, they didn't seem to care before, but now, oh. I'd be like, oh, God, I can't do it anymore. I did it with yay. I'm just done. I'm just done now. I want to hang out with really cool people that come over with ginger ale and sushi and we chat and dream. I don't want to deal with these broken fucking billionaires staggering to my door, wondering how they can survive the Jews that bought them a yacht. I'm just like, dude, fuck off, Russell Brand. I already am just like, like, yay exhausted me. Much love, yay. I, I'm still rooting for that guy. He's funny. And I think part, I, I got a soft heart for, for people. I have a soft heart for people that I think could be something. Especially when they definitely have autism, like Kanye West. Because it's like the people that are like, I'm not artistic. I'm autistic. 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 I'm like, I, I like where your head's at. But in reality, it's fucking retarded and it gets exhausting. And for the record, I've never made $1 from Ye. That was all, that was all charity work. I never... Tried to get one ounce of celebrity from him. When he asked me to go to L.A. to shoot his documentary, I said no. When they said that they were doing a sketch show and they wanted me to go to L.A., I said no. And I accepted no money from him. Hand to God. I was doing it to be a good guy. I was trying to be charitable to old yay. And I just don't have the bandwidth. Okay? Dealing with... Paul and Squirtus and Rim Job. The last thing I need is another broken billionaire celebrity that hasn't figured out that their entire life is a puppet show. I just can't do it. Yeah, I miss the magical Negro sometimes too. But not re- I'm, he'd call me at like three in the morning and be like, yo, it's yay. And I'm like, dude, I have four kids in a farm. Like, this is why I don't accept money from people like you. Because I don't want to be your fucking employee. I would rather not. But I love you, man. And I think you got a good heart. And I'm rooting for you. And, and I think if you grew your own cotton, it would be one of the most legendary things in the world. And I'll set you up with the best director I know. And if you ever need a pep talk, I'm your guy. But I literally don't want to be waking up in the middle of the night. I don't want any money. I don't want to go to fucking Los Angeles so I can get knifed by a Guatemalan. I'm all good. All right. Did Ye cut himself off from you or did you just disappear again? I just, I disappear. I just don't. We're cool, dude. I feel like me and Ye would be totally cool if we talked right now. Swear to God. Ye's hilarious though. Yeah, totally hilarious. I'm not talking shit. Don't try and misrepresent this like I'm. I'm attacking yay. Everything I'm saying is 100% true. It's like good heart, hilarious, legitimately a good artist. I don't want anything to do with that machine. I don't want to be woken up at night. I don't want to go to a city. I don't want to fucking, you know, deal with mega church shit. Yeah, yay's not a gamma. No, I think yay's an omega. I think Ye's an actual Megan. I think Paul's a Gamma. I think Paul wanted to be doc, uh, Master Char, uh, Dodgy. Dude, I'm totally feeling Mr. S these days. I might reach out to Mr. S and 
dodgy and be like, yo, you want to team up against Paul? Be like, he's definitely not in the central place. I think he's at point one. That's their cult lingo. I can speak cult lingo, no problem. I know how to get into a cult and be like, yeah, he's at the point one. You know, he hasn't done enough cleaning and transmission. He isn't in the central region. Let's take a trip to the brighter world. Get some whispers. Bring it back to Paul. We'll see if we can fix him. I'm teaming up with Dodgy. I'm going to Hyderabad. Dude, I survived the Holocaust. I did. You would have cracked up watching Walter get his picture taken for violin. All the women were like, oh, he's so handsome. And the wind was blowing. And he started busting into ninja poses. And the photo- photographer was like praising him. <laughs> Dude, my wife just sent me that. So Walter was getting his picture taken for violin. And all these ladies are like, you're so handsome. And the wind starts blowing. And he starts to- He starts doing ninja poses. Old Pockets dreams of freeing himself from gamma behavior and being an Omega. I always thought he was Omega, but I think that little piece of shit is a seething, uh, jealous little fuck. I'm not Big Bear. I'm Heartfulness Bear. Because he started gratefulness. Yeah, he started gratefulness meditation so he can be the master of the retards. But he he can't follow through because he's so fucking lazy. And, and people don't like to be around him because he probably stinks like shit. Can you imagine Paul with his dirty sweatpants? He probably smells like baby shit. Kyneton, Super Chats. I watched Fiddler on the Roof. Yeah, dude, imagine me sitting down with the ADL because, dude, we have a lot of common enemies now. I want to sit down with the ADL and just be like, listen, I have my foreskin. I survived the Holocaust. I prefer silver, but I saw Fiddler on the roof, and I think we can come to terms. Um, his name's Rimjob, and he keeps calling you guys pigs. I'm, dude, I'll give him a grand if they do some work for me. They'll do anything for money, man. I fucking, I'm so into the ADL right now. They're like... Dude, imagine if the ADL just totally had my back. Like, we made this hilarious team. And all I had to do was give them, like, a grand. But, they'll do, like, but they were just, like, enamored by how big I was and how I kind of thought they were handsome. Hey, Jonathan Greenblatt, I think you're actually pretty handsome. I do. I think you're a handsome fella. And I think if, uh, if I give you a thousand bucks, I think I got some, uh, I think I got a list. That I think uh, you might want to check out. Astrano Jubair, my best friend. All right. Riddler on the hoof. You don't at all look like Nostaratu. Yeah, you don't look like Nosferatu. I think you look like a supermodel. Diddler, diddler on the poof. That's a good one, Sterling Bear. If they're going to want proof, you still have your foreskin. That's going to be a problem. In my past, I would have no problem showing. I would do it with great pride and a swelling heart. But at this point, I'm never showing a guy my dick. Um, You know, I've taken a turn in my life. I'm a lot more uh, high-minded, a little more high-status, a little classier, a little uh, more moral. 
So no one's seeing my dick, even if it means my enemies don't get blasted by the ADL. You really, you know, 10 years ago, you'd hear a sound of a zipper. And I'd be like, hey, Greenblatt, take a look at that. Anyway, here's $1,000 in a list of my enemies. Now get to work, you handsome devil. And he'd be like, oh, Jesus, can I see it pee? And I'd be like, not until you're done with your work. And he'd be like, oh, boy, oh, boy. Your standards have greatly risen. No, it really has. Like, I would never show my dick to anyone now. Ten years ago, if it meant, if I, if it, if I could just show my ween and get Greenblatt to take out my enemies, no problem. I wouldn't even hesitate. Now? No, no. I will never unzip. Never. This is a fact. The song, If I Were a Rich Man, was originally tired. If I Were a Rothschild. If I Were a Rothschild. Codsworth, we caught up. All right. I will make it to the next festival with my newly wed daughter and, God willing, my grandson also, or goddaughter. Let me finish that one second. Oh, boy, oh, boy. Owen leveling up. I'm not showing my tally lacquer to grabbers anymore. Well, if they had, it's not like a gay thing. It would be like, prove to me you have foreskin intact. I'd be like, okay. It wouldn't be like, take a look at my dick. It would be like, no, look, foreskin. Now go do my work. But um, I wouldn't do that now. There'd be nothing that would get me to unzip. Cliff said, maybe you should hire a body double to counsel these celebs that keep coming to you. No, I wouldn't trust my body double. I've never, I've never met someone that could pass as me with the level of knowledge I have. Can I see it, Pete? Dude, someone, someone said that to me once like 20 years ago. I'll never forget that. Someone said, can I see it, P? Unbelievable. Jesus, my life has been odd. Can I see it pee? Oh, God, these, these fucking people. They really do obsess about giants, and they kind of like, they're like, it's like rim job. They're like so obsessed, but there's a hatred, but like an obsession. Can I see it pee? I grow microweens. In fact, <laughs> I've literally sent you cafeteria lunch trays so you can grow uh, grass too. You're the best, Big Bear. Please don't ever stop crushing. Why, thank you. Was it a guy? Yeah, it was a Jewish guy at a urinal. He was drunk. Very high-powered guy. He asked me if he like took a peep and asked me if he could see it pee. I'll never fucking forget that. I don't want to talk about it anymore. You'll never guess who I sold microweens to at the farmer's market here in Parker, Colorado. As you were crushing in the Ozarks, I was doing the same here across the plain over uh, Labor Day weekend. Life is full of synchronicities. Thank you for helping me tune in to the right frequency. God bless. Seed sower bear. Let me guess. Rim job. <laughs> Rim job's like, give me some. All right. Was it just, I'm not, I'm not getting into it at all. So what happened next? Nothing gay. I mean, it's gay looking back. Definitely gay, but not like, oh boy, oh boy. 
Yeah, I'm a urinal harassment survivor. I've been sexually harassed by no by more fucking Holocaust survivors than anybody in the world. And it's usually little Jews with families that are obsessed with giants with huge dicks. Okay? You want to know about these people? They literally are like, oh boy. Next time someone that says that to you, look them straight in the eye midstream and whisper, free Palestine. <laughs> What if, what if I just say free Palestine and then just start pissing all over them? And then they'd be like, oh, I got to pay for this. Oh, God. Oh, I don't want to let this in. It's so dark and miserable. These people are so fucking ghoulish. They'd be like, oh, yeah. I was with Owen until this point. He won't show his dick. You've crossed the line, says Long Island Jew Bear. I love it. <clears throat> Dear Owen, this is my first letter to you, so I would like to first be verified as Nord Z Bear. Welcome, Nord Z Bear. And my wife, Latty Bale Bear. Welcome, Latty Bale Bear. Give some of those mean Joe Greens. You, what do you guys think Rimjob would do if he saw me in public? Like in the chat. Like, what do you think he would add? Do you think he would shit his pants? Like, what do you guys think you would do? Like, not, I'm not saying I want to threaten him or anything at all. I literally don't care. I would laugh if I saw him. Swear to God, I'd laugh. No hostility at all. But if he was just walking down the street and he just saw me, what do you think he'd fucking do? Do you think he'd shit his pants? Cower in fear? No, but like, would he be like, ah. I think he'd go like this. He'd go, ah. Do you think he'd get hard? Do you think he'd run, cry, squirt himself silly? But, like, what do you honestly think he'd do? He'd pretend, I think he'd ignore, he'd be like, I think he'd, like, get real tense. From what you've told us, he would definitely shit his pants, scurry, projectile squirt. He would definitely say I threatened him on a live stream later, even if I didn't even look at him. He definitely would. He would be like, Ugh. He'd activate his power jorts. He'd start praying. Now he would, he would just be like, no, but imagine how shocking that would be if he's in his little Colorado town and he's just walking down the street and he just sees me. He'd be like, oh, and Benjamin is trying to intimidate me by shopping in the same store. I uh, I wonder if he would have a heart attack. Because he looks really unhealthy. Here's a super chat. Black Belt Bear. A tip to accompany my incoming letter request. Ben Harper's Forever. It's better than his other one. I don't know it though, but I will play you uh, a Ben Harper song. Do you think he'd run? I don't think he'd be ready. No, I know. It'd be so shocking. What if I was like, hey, Jim Bob, how you doing, man? And I was just like, how you doing, man? Like, what would he fucking do? Because he's a physical coward. You get in, in person, he's a physical coward. He's like very like, he's like slimy, you know? He'd run behind his wife. Oh, that'd be so funny. They'd start filming. I bet his wife would just immediately start filming. <laughs> and be like, oh, hi. Rebe- What's her name? Rebecca? No. Jim Bob and literally forgot her name. Stacy. What's that little chink's name that he married and procreated with? 
He would distract you while his wife attacks from behind. Do you think you think his wife would be like, quick, suck his dick? <laughs> Megan. I think that Megan would get her little chinky phone out and they'd be like, oh, oh are you trying to hurt me? That's a, they would treat their phone like their protector. And I'd be like, hey, I, what if I what if they brought their phone out and I'm like, hey, you know, I've really been sad about you guys saying how fat I am. And I was just like, the only thing fat on me is my big cock. And then I had a Jew right next to me that just went, oh boy, oh boy. That'd be a funny video. If I, what if I just came with like a, I was just walking with a full conspiracy of Jews, like 10 of them. If there's 33 Jews, it's a scheme of, no. Three Jews is a scheme of Jews. Six is a snicker. And 33 is a conspiracy of Jews. So what if I was rolling down the street? No, a snicker of Jews. Like, I, like 33, it would be too overwhelming. What if I was just walking down the street with a, um, with a snicker of Jews and, uh, and I just go, hey, hey, rim job. You know, it's been really hurting my feelings how you keep saying how fat I am. The only thing fat on me. And then the whole snicker of Jews just goes, is his cack? Oh, geez. Yeah, a squirting of Jews. So three Jews is a scheme of Jews. Six is a squirting of Jews. And nine is a conspiracy of Jews. Yeah, Rimjab would pull out a dildo and try and chase me with it. And Megan would go, don't lose Big Mike. 911 Jews is a, is a terrorism of Jews. Crowdfund to send BB and Toronto Jewberry to Parker, Colorado Farmer's Market. Can you imagine if me and Toronto Jubair and we're dressed as Batman and Robin? <laughs> He'd be like, oh, they're trying to hurt me. Quick, Megan, get the phone. Let's do it for Jesus. A flock of goy. Yeah, what if I came in with a flock of goy and a scheme of Jews? And we were just, and what if I came in with a reform of blacks, which is bow tie? Um, dear Owen, um, because if Megan had a factory of Chinese, which is more than six Chinese, that could get ugly. Because they'd quickly start uh, whipping up some dildos to try and have a street fight with me. How many is the Holocaust of Jews? Zero. <laughs> oh, Big Bear, you know how to do your hateful humor. This is my first letter to you. All right, I verified. We think you are funny and deserve letters. I personally appreciate the community you have built here. You have helped me make sense of a lot of my history as I too was a history major in college and had a hard time reconciling my personal history with the history I was taught. We are from Olympia, Washington area and have been in several meetups. Unfortunately, it seems like some internal issues have dried up the local meets though. Please, make, uh, please help make everyone stop being gay. Here's some money. Nord Z Bear. Well, the problem with some of the meetups is some of them uh, got infested with a uh, with a whining of gammas, like a whining of gamma. Because <laughs> a lot of times, like the problem with some meetup groups is a gamma would want to be me, so they would try and take over uh, a meetup because they would feel like a sense of power based on me. 
like uh, Buzz, Buzz, uh, no, what's his name? Uh, Buzz Rucker in Ireland is a classic example. Or the Ontario ones, like some of those fucking clowns. Like they would get real puffed up and nuts. That's why you just have to keep trying and just keep avoiding the gammas. You know, a gaggle of gammas, a, a whining of gammas, because they're always whining. A reddit of gammas. Just keep doing it. Gammas will give up eventually. Yeah, just start not inviting the gammas. Like, go to a meetup. You'll identify the gamma. They're like, I'm the best bear in the world. Listen to my manifesto. Okay? Just be like, oh, cool. Just don't invite them the next time. Like, you'll always get a little squirting of gammas come to your meetup. Um, just, Just figure out who you like. And that's it. And just have uh, meetups with it. Just make friends, you know? Just make friends with these people. All right, here we go. I was with you, BB, when you were sneaking Reese's peanut butter cups and fried chicken as a kid. I was with you in Washington when Amy really started to escalate in the kitchen. I even followed you to Idaho. I thought you were my friend. I thought you understood that I served a purpose. We were so happy together. Whole sticks of butter in your coffee, late night peanut butter and jelly, and more cookies than a keyboard elf tree. This is Bowler Bear, by the way. I kept you warm at night. I kept you from hopping a fence, and you just turned your back on me. How dare you? Your precious mulatto makes a few jokes about your bitch hips, and the Jortonians make a few memes, and you just quit me. I bet this is about my fat. Well, fuck you, Owen Benjamin. Fuck you. I'm going to Reddit. They all appreciate me. And they've shown me what a piece of shit you really are. None of them ditched their fat just because you you mocked them from a basement-dwelling obese squirt boys. You know about real loyalty, and you are a mission to kill me. I'm sorry. I'm just a little emotional. We were great together. Why not come back to me? Your wife loves you, you know, your wife loves you no matter what. Your bears don't care about your jiggly tits. Tell me you don't miss me and that you'd rather spend time with that whore of a treadmill. The treadmill doesn't care about you, but I do. Come back to me. Just one cookie, a few brownies. You're six foot eight. You're a legendary crusher. You can handle it. I guess you're just easily manipulated. I guess Jim Bob and his pile of NGO Redditors just tell you what to do now. I thought you were your own man. But I guess we can all fall for spells. Even the great and powerful spellbreaker himself, your precious sweet Prince Coddington still loves me. Pounding energy drinks, snacking all night to keep up with your clip demands. He knows what loyalty is all about. You claim to be the Bard King, but I've never seen a king of any kind that turned his back on me. You need to show your power and influence through your physicality. But if you'd rather look like a retired vegan NBA player with AIDS, then that's your choice. Can you imagine? I'm here to see the Bard King, and it's just a pile of bones sitting behind an old keyboard, ranting about health and family and wealth. Fucking pathetic. Maybe when you shed the rest of me, you can fit into a Mazda Miata and show off your abs to all the boys in town. Stop by the local soy shop run by the gays in Sandpoint to keep your testosterone from building into a frenzy that could make, 
could make you hungry. I'm sure your wife will understand when you can fit into her jeans. And you're prancing all over your farm like an urban farmer looking for a jazz fusion club and any reason to be offended. I'll be fine. I'll find someone else that appreciates me for me. I'm fine. I just need... I just needed some closure. I hope you freeze to death this winter in your fucking skinny jeans. Keep crushing it, little guy. And if you change your mind, you know where to find me. Sincerely, you're missing 33 pounds. Bowler Bear. That was well done, Bowler Bear. And I know Kyneton's horribly offended. He's a guarantee Kyneton in the chat's like, no, I'm actually losing weight because of all the stress Owen puts me under. If I, do I put you under stress, Codsworth? Dear Owen, congr- congratulations on what looked like an awesome festival. I wish I could have gone maybe next year. My name is Asher. Great name, by the way. Did Kyneton do that in there? Not even a little. Kyneton, you are looking, losing weight, though, aren't you? Hey, Kyneton. You losing weight? Kyneton? For those of you just listening, I'm, I'm doing the Coke nose. Hey, Kyneton. You losing weight? Um, and I want it, and I want to write in after hearing you talk about my dad, Dr. Tom Cowan, on your show a few weeks ago. I've been oh, that's awesome, so cool. I've been a longtime listener and silent supporter for many years now. I donated to Ursa Rio and Ursa Ozarks, been an unauthorized subscriber from the beginning, and I'm on the BT app. Wow, that's an I, I'm honored. A little about me, I'm 23 Rogans tall and live in rural North Carolina with my wife and three children that my wife homeschools. We have two big gardens and 13 chickens. I run the family business, Dr. Cowan's Garden, Dr. Tom Cowan, C-O-W-A-N.com, and the New Biology Clinic. We have a great group of employees, including several bears and bear adjacents, including some you know, like Beverly Bear, PAT Life, and former employees like Yogi Bear and Fruitful Bear. Uh, your streams and spell breaking have been a guiding light for many over the years, and your family life and homesteading is a true inspiration. Thank you for building this community. It's the exact thing we need to be doing to thrive in today's world. I was originally verified as Veggie Bear back, uh, back in, but I'd like to be re-verified as Faith Family Farms Bear. Welcome, Faith Family Farms Bear, because I've planted my roots and family in a town with the motto of Faith, Family, and Farm. I share your dream of a multi-generational homestead with my wife and children. You've had a tremendous influence on my life. Your encouragement of having big families is partially responsible for my third child being here. I've made friends and hired employees from networking on the BT app and in the bear community. And you've been spot on with not only the spells that you break, but the actions to take in your life. Like you say, build through it. You've done a great service to the world with the community you've created. Here's another no questions asked, no obligations to Ursa Ozarks. I trust you'll put it to good use. Sincerely, Faith Family Farms Bear. Brother, uh, I like the word brother. I'm not going to stop. Uh, that means a lot. I really appreciate it. And your dad's a legend. P.S. A little about my dad. He lives on a 20-acre homestead in upstate New York. Where? I'm from upstate New York. He has chickens, sheep, goats, cats, and huge garden. He's seeking the truth and doesn't care where it takes him. He speaks the truth even if it means people think he's crazy or he may get censored or attacked. He's super funny. I think you'd like him a lot. He also had a speech impediment when he was younger and he's fine now. If you ever wanted to chat, 
I think you'd have a lot of fun. PPS, I doubt I'll ever make, I doubt I'll ever be able to travel to Ursa Rio. Can I transfer whatever rights I have from that donation to Beverly Bear? Oh, she's always invited. She was up there like three weeks ago. Since she's much closer, I'm sure she'd be able to enjoy it more than I can, paying the gateway. Uh, yeah, I mean, people I know here, that's the whole point of the land that we originally did. It was a place where we could have bear meetups that wasn't my property. Because there's so many people around here and we wanted to have meetups. And then during COVID, everything shut down, blah, blah, blah. So, uh, yeah, Beverly Baron, her awesome mom and her whole family, they're always welcome at uh, Ursa Rio. They don't need to pay me anything. They're, uh, they're crushers. I mean, I gave, her, uh, I gave her my goat. I think she's still, oh, no, she returned my, uh, my plucker. I'd love to have Dr. Cowan on. I mean, it would go against my new rule of only having on people that uh, I've met in person, but I don't know. I might make an exception. I got to figure that out. We, we will give them exclusive mugs. Let's just, <laughs> let's just start by sending the ADL free mugs. Owen Benjamin didn't survive the Holocaust. <coughs> That's hilarious. Faith Family Farms Bear, woohoo. Beverly Bear is awesome. Yeah, she's awesome. Yeah, like, uh, like Spool Bear goes up to Ursa Rio. It's like, and he came in after we did that crowdfund. It's not like, it's not this super specific thing where it's like, oh, we got to, you didn't pay. It's a, it's a community building place, but we needed to buy it. So we needed donors and we have to give donors, uh, you know, um, special privileges to make it worthwhile for people. It's all, you know, it's a work in progress. If that's okay with fall from pockets of the failure. Uh, Rumble says the same feeling you get when you get pulled over by the popo. I don't know what that's referring to. Bertarian background check, says Bismillah Barrett. Well, that's why we have an all-Jewish intelligence agency of one guy named Toronto Jew Bear who works pretty much on his own. <laughs> we really, I, like, this is the funny thing. So a gamma called me the Jester King, and it's typically a gamma thing to adapt the, uh, the insult of your enemy and pretend you like it. But it's actually pretty fucking accurate. You know, because I really have set up here a functional kingdom with a king and like a whole society. But it's also kind of a joke. You know, like we have like there's an element of like Don Quixote to it where we really are. It's like all a joke, but it's also real kind of it's fucking hilarious. Like I really am the jester king. You know, the Bard King is cool, too, though. It's like, it's funny how that works. Like, that description is so accurate. I am this, like, clown, but we have, I am a king. It's really interesting. I don't know. I don't take it seriously. I don't take it. I care about it so much that I don't take it seriously. How's that for uh, good rhetoric? (coughs) I care. It's so important to me that I don't take it seriously. Because if I took it seriously, it would all fall apart. If I was like, no, I need to, I need to get, uh, uh, I have to get rid of my birth certificate and make sure that I have a crown given to me by the United States. Now it's, you called yourself the Jester King like three years ago. Oh yeah. I know I've described myself that way, but it's, it's fucking accurate. I'm the Jester King and I am the king of comedy right now in America. Fact. 
No other comedian is, is operating at the level that we're currently operating with improv, quantity, edginess, family friendly, musical comedy, experience. I mean, my credits I've had in Hollywood, it's like there are different king archetypes. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to say goodnight, guys. Enjoy the letters and improv. Much love. Bye, Papa J. Bear. And that's not a, uh, that's not a brag. It really isn't. It's like a fa- I would love if more comedians, uh, if more comedians that are in the system took their crowns and actually became Jester Kings. I would really, really enjoy that. When I've tried to reach out to people outside of the entertainment industry, I have found so far that they are just losers that want to be in the entertainment industry. They don't actually see the vision that me and uh, Buzz Killington and, and all the boys see, the guys. I don't mean to call you guys boys, but you get it. Kyington and all you guys. Like, we actually have a vision of creating something outside the beast. They want to be in the beast. They want approval from Jordan Peterson and Joe Rogan. They don't actually want to be what we're doing. And they see me, they, they salivate about my credits and like, and they want to, you know, concern troll me and tell me how I could have been so big. Like, they're not seeing the, the vision, man. There are hilarious comedians on the internet that will never be on Netflix because they're actually funny. That's true, but they're not, I don't know, I'm not trying to be a dick, but a lot of them aren't actively trying to compete against the beast. Like they're, they're trying, they're still attempting to be approved by clubs. Like I see it too, Bowler Bear. Like I'll see, cause I, I'm not even going to call people out because I don't, I'm just not, but I track people. Like I don't want to be alone. Like, I want more Jester Kings. I'll track people. And I'm like, wow, what a great fucking bit. And then I'll, like, track them and be like, look at it. And they all seem to just keep selling out to try and get that crown. Like, in the, in the system. And I'm not going to call people out because I am rooting for everybody. And they're not my enemies. And I'm not here to uh, shame people and be the guy. I'm not Yelp for comedy. But I've seen it. I've, people will send me clips and I'll, I'll be like, yes. And then I'll keep watching and they'll get like a viral video. And then they'll like, they'll just start doing the same shit. And I'm just like, they all have to fall in between the pillars where they're just like, none of them can really go anywhere really originally. And I guess that uh, a lot of it has to do with uh, infrastructure. I think like, if you're in the comedian world, you're, it seems like they all have to appeal to clubs and Facebook and YouTube and TikTok. I've been kicked out of all of it. I, my TikTok has been banned. They don't let genuine competition. You know, so if you actually want to do your own thing, I'm not, I am not the, fun, I'm not the funniest guy in the chat. <laughs> you know, like I'm not saying I'm the funniest guy. I'm just saying that like, I actually want to outcompete that beast. There's an Asian guy who aggressively makes fun of gays. Send him my way, Bowler Bear. Will you send me a clip? Um, no, there's. I think there's foreigners that are doing really good comedy. Like I'll occasionally see Russians do really funny shit. I I I'm not trying to be a dick. I don't see it in America. Like even I'll just I'll say a couple guys like. Uh, like people used to send me clips by uh, Awaken with JP or whatever, or like uh, who's that other guy, real skinny guy uh, with tattoos all over his arms? 
um, they always go degenerate. They always do. They just can't help themselves. You know, I've had like, um, I've had hope for some of these people. Ryan Long. Yeah, Ryan Long. Total, like, really talented, great sketches, rooting for him. Here we go. And then it's just, how great are gays? How great is the male anus? I love drugs. It's just they can't fucking. Shane Gillis is really funny. But again, now, I, again, I don't want to get into this. I don't want to be the guy who just criticizes people. But, like, do they have to push degeneracy? You know? Shane Gillis is fucking funny. Shane Gillis is funny. But it, I can just see them morphing into what they have to do. Either, either the system only chooses people that pushes degeneracy or like they just morph into it, you know? Salty Crack is funny. Um, no, yeah, but I'm talking about like stand-up comedians. Like people that are on stage with a microphone telling jokes in clubs. I Sorry, I just... I, even the really funny ones, they all have to pretend that racism's bad, sexism's bad, anuses are beautiful. I don't know of anyone who is at least not pr- pushing hookup culture. Yeah, it's like how many chicks they fuck or like getting wasted or I don't know, man. I just am like they, they seem to have to bring their audience down. Yeah, Norm MacDonald was great. He didn't bring his audience down. Um, you know, I want to believe that like the Brian Regans of the world are still crushing. I haven't checked in on him in a long time. Yeah, like Louis C.K. just did Rogan and did a whole thing about how he wants open borders because he wants the problems of the third world to come to America. Like he literally, they're like satanic. Like they're so bad. Like Louis C.K., I, I heard he even shouted me out a few years ago and like is trying to be funny or whatever. I mean, not only are they not authentic, they're actively all pushing horror. Like, it's not even like a fucking debate. Uh, Luis, Luis is of Jew born in Mexico. That's true. The worst combo. Yeah, and he's a redhead. I saw Alex Stein bomb on stage on YouTube. That was kind of funny. Even Legion of the Skanks were saying it's only okay to say nigger is a joke. Yeah, and we all know this is stupid. We all know we all know it. Last time I did Legions of Skanks, they played gay porn during the fucking stream. Uh what's his name did? The Puerto Rican, the 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 car thief there. Uh Lewis, who I think is pretty funny, but like so you're like drunk drug addict degenerates who play gay pornos during streams, but like you can't call a thief or a murderer a nigger. So like a black guy shoots a lady in broad daylight and you can't call him a nigger? Really? Why? Why can't you just say, oh, what a nigger? It's so obviously fake. Do you, do you guys see how fake that is? Where you can be like, oh, but that's going too far. So a guy can murder, like let's say a, a black guy, low jeans, you know, crunken, Robitussin just walks up to an old lady who's like, I like the sunflower today and just bang, shoots her in the uh, head and is like, oh, give me money, cunt. Yeah, crack. Okay, like a monster. You can't be like, hey, fucking nigger. Why? Why can't you do that? Can you call him a dickhead, a murderer? So murderer is less offensive than nigger? 
Why? That's a fake thing. That's a mind virus. Like that's obviously fake. And it's just, it's almost like shocking to me that quote unquote truth tellers, spell breakers, comedians, you know, we're supposed to be these like outlaws who say the truth in dark environments, you know, where people get to like, obviously that's crazy. You can't call someone who shoots someone a nigger. Can you call them a menace to society? Can you describe what a nigger is? Can you be like, that hyper-violent menace to society. Like, what? what is it about the word? Oh, well then, well, then we dehumanize. And before you know it, they'll all be hanging from lampposts in the, in the South again. Dude, it all just goes back to these spell casts, like the Civil War. The Civil War had nothing to do with slavery. Lincoln didn't even want to free the slaves. It was an economic war. Okay, obviously that's true. It had to do with states' rights, the empire expanding. Everyone knows that. So to justify these horrors, they'll do a spell cast of like, oh, never forget. If you say the word, everybody just gets really, they just start killing black people. It's literally the opposite. If you don't give people a word to describe a subcategory of a race, people are not going to just not identify them. They're going to start saying, oh, 13% does 50%. Oh, black people are doing all these crimes. No, niggers are doing the crimes. That's why it's so important because people are naturally now just saying black people. Have you noticed that? Has anyone else noticed what's actually happening? You know, to the point where it's becoming fucking mainstream. 13 does 50. Oh, black. I don't want black people in this. No, you don't want niggers, 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 the crime culture. That word actually, actually relieves stress around race in this country. If you have like a married black man who goes to work, wears khaki pants, like really doesn't want criminals around him, overprotective of his daughter, fixes his fucking tractors, that guy, is that guy a problem? No, because he's not a nigger. Okay? It's so obvious. And so to see these people lie, like, oh, oh, the word nigger, it's just too far. So then how do you describe a, so what about white trash? So you got, You got somebody not wearing pants in their front yard, sitting on a toilet, you know, stripping copper with a meth pipe in their mouth, drinking Mountain Dew. What the fuck's that? Oh, white trash. Why the fuck can you say white trash and not nigger? Well, nigger's just too far because it dehumanizes all black people. White trash doesn't dehumanize all white people. In fact, it's a way to show a behavior of a group of people in a race. Should we just call them black trash? Yeah, I used to, I did that bit six years ago. I'm like, if I can't say nigger, can I just say black trash? And they're like, how dare you? I'm like, this is so stupid. This is tediously stupid. Um, I hear on Twitter, literally using the word scholars to not get banned. I see a lot of people trying to adapt new words to not get banned, like joggers or diversity. I mean, it's really funny when Vox calls it, um, Uh, vibrancy, diversity, where it's like, oh, and diversity moved into the neighborhood. The word is niggers. It's already been established. We all know what it is. It's a crime-based culture of black males that see themselves as permanent victims. They're dependent on the system and they're hyper-violent. There's a word for it. It's called niggers, okay? 
a nigger, all black people are not niggers. Okay, we all know that. Chris Rock did the bit. The whole world said, that's the bit. We all know this is true. And then it's almost like the system can put fluoride into the water and turn everyone into a fucking goldfish again and just reset everyone's minds. You know, I I tweeted something about that. Every color has their trash. Exactly. And it's good for every community to be able to identify what not to do. Where a black Carl Brown can say, listen, boy, you do not want to become a nigger. You want to be a proud man. You know, it's the same. Every culture should have the ability of saying, don't act like that. That's who we are not. We do not want to be like that. You are not a victim. You know, you are not a victim. You are not a permanent dependent. You are not a slave. You are not uh, entitled to someone else's property. Okay? You are a man. A man provides for his wife, does not leave his wife. A man does not leave his wife. A man raises children to be kings and grow up to be a good man like him. Right? That's not a nigger. You know? Niggers give us a bad name would be a nice slogan. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I know I'm right. And I have this tendency where I will not back down. Where Because if I back down, I lose everything. Because I was talking to... Uh, yeah, look how funny that is. I survived the Holocaust with a... I mean, that's great. Because I was talking to some friends last night and we're talking about the word nigger and, and this, uh, my, my buddy's girl was like, yeah, but it's just we're taught, we're taught that it's so bad and blah, blah, blah. And I was like saying, but the good thing is we're given discernment. We're given logic. We're given the ability to think through lies. And it's such a gift. It's a gift we've been given. So we're raised as a kid because uh, she was talking about how she was told as a kid, or she was told at some point in her life, the Trinity, that Jesus was God. And she thought, well, who did he pray to? This doesn't make any sense. And then she started thinking like, oh, I must be a bad person. So then she would have faith, you know, because she felt like she was wrong, even though it didn't make sense. And so slowly it started building, um, you know, that, that this is just something she has to believe until you don't question it anymore. Right. Which is fine. You know, I'm not telling you what to believe. I'm not attacking anyone's religion, but like, it's the same with nigger. It's like, oh, if you say nigger, it takes away all their power. Oh, but so that means you have power over a black man simply by saying nigger. Shh, shh, shh. So you're implying that you have power over them simply by uttering a word so that they are the slave of the white man still. You know, like it's the same with cancel culture, like the cancel, the fight against cancel culture establishes them as the authority. This is why media doesn't even do hit pieces on me anymore, (laughs) you know, because the whole thing is we have to fight cancel culture. We have to stop them from canceling us. Engaging in that fight means you're giving them authority. Okay. What we're doing in Bertaria is ignoring it. We're saying, well, we can just keep doing our thing. They're like, no, but you've been canceled. I'm like, by who? I don't give you authority to cancel me. But you have to get mad at cancel culture. That gives them authority. It's the same with every leader has to take responsibility for everything. This is a tough, uh, a tough lesson for a lot of alpha males to accept or any male that's in charge of a business or a family or anything. Everything is your fault. Accept it. If you have someone under you gets caught stealing, it's your fault. 
If you have someone under you, does a bad job, gets a complaint, that's your fault. Because if you give up that, you give up authority. If you want to be, at, because I'm getting uh, these really cool comments that this is helping people in their jobs. The talking of Delta, Alpha, Bravo, Omega, all the Gamma. I'll give you some more advice. If you're the head of a team, every single mistake is your fault. If someone else did something under you, on some level, you're responsible. If you give up your responsibility, you give up your authority. So if somebody makes a mistake, that's on you. Because if you give up your responsibility for every mistake under you, you give up your authority of the group. You know, and you can, and you can say, ah, that's my mistake. I'm going to have to fire this guy, bring in something new. I'll learn from my mistake. But him doing that was my lapse in judgment. The fact he stole from somebody means I made the mistake in hiring them. I created a culture that, w- that didn't police itself properly. I created a culture. I didn't, uh, I didn't analyze him properly. Jim Bob doing what he did in this community was my fault. That was my fault. So a common mistake people say is like when uh, Paul from Pocket to the Future said that his daughter's suicide was because of her, because of his ex-wife. She had a mental issue. No, no, no. That was Paul's fault that she killed herself. He was the father. The father is responsible for the daughter until the daughter is married. And listen, shit happens. You know, I've made mistakes. I've not done a good job. People have gotten hurt, all kinds of stuff. But when you give up that authority, you're now nothing. You're under the child. When you blame the child, you are now below the baby. You're now nothing. The actions of the child reflect the mother, which reflects the father, which reflects God. That's it. And the minute you give up your responsibility, that, that... that like right now, if like no matter what happens to us in Beretaria, it's my fault. Everything. Uh, Kyneton being behind on clips is your fault. Yes, it is my fault. Everything Coddington does is my fault. <laughs> Every time Coddington does a pun in the chat, it's my fault for not banning him. Paul took the brownies mantra that families are built around the woman. Yeah, which is insane. It's like, that's why they're so uh, corrupted and insane. The home is built around the woman. The home is under the jurisdiction of the father. That's a fact. You want to give that up? You give up your power. It's like, oh, but, but me, but, but my wife, what a bitch. That's all your fault. All of it. Because if you give up your responsibility, you give up your power as the father, as the husband, as the leader, as the boss, as the authority, as the king, as the regional manager, as the whatever the fuck you are. If you don't accept full responsibility, you give up your power to your underling. You're now below the underling. You're going to say, oh, it's not my fault. My driver's a fucking drunk. Why do you have a drunk driver? Well, he's a fucking mess. I don't know. You hired him. You approved of him. And then if you hold yourself to that standard and you let yourself feel the pain of it, like you're the one embarrassed, you're the one who failed, then 
You won't make that mistake in the future. There's nothing more teaching than pain. You say, it's my fault that I didn't have a backup from the PayPal. It's my fault that I got, I, I allowed myself to be uh, embarrassed by this, blah, blah, blah. Whatever the fuck it is, you fucking own it. It's my fault my wife acts crazy. You know, like when me and Amy were uh, dating, she used to get mental. She used to get fucking nutty on me. It was my fault. I'd go out till five in the morning, come home wasted. You know, be like, oh, I'm working, baby. I'm at the improv. Okay, you don't think that that leads to your woman acting like a nut job? Right? The behavior of my wife is my responsibility. The behavior of our children is her responsibility, which is my responsibility. Without that, you have no family, you have no nation, you have no company, you have no anything. You're nothing. Like Paul from Pockets of the Future is below a baby because he would blame a baby for his problems. He would blame everything. It's always someone else. It's not him. These are Navy rules. Yeah, it's, it's hierarchy rules. Every hierarchy, whatever happens below you is your fault. All right. And it doesn't mean you have to be punished for their crimes. Let's say someone below you commits murder. You're not a murderer, but it is your fault for hiring them. It, it, it does look bad for you. You can't blame them. It's you. Now, you didn't commit the crime of murder, you know, like, but it's, it's like you have to take accountability. I am the reason that that happened. The chaos is always you if you're leading. Yes. You know, and every leader, every father, every husband, all of it, you're, it's, it's totally understandable that you're going to make mistakes and you're going to be blamed and underneath you is going to be all kinds of shit. But you have to own it. And people will understand that if you own it. Look at the 12 steps from AA we just talked about. If you own the obvious reality, okay, people are going to embrace it. People like winners. People like men that say the buck stops with me. It's my fault. I'll own it. No problem. I'll make it right. We'll do it better next time. Every one of you is a shepherd and is responsible for his flock. The leader of the people is a guardian and is responsible for his subjects. A man is the guardian of his family and he is responsible for them. A woman is the guardian of of his children and is responsible for them. The servant of a man is a guardian of the property of his master and he is responsible for it. Undoubtedly, every one of you is a shepherd responsible for his flock. Uh, that is Islam. Oh, Islam? Uh, maybe North. Squirt, squirt. That's, dude, I'm telling you what, Islam has some really good teachings for men about how to rule shit. I'll tell you that. And you'll be squirting your life away as a fucking slave if you don't start seeing it. You know, I'm not saying to become Muslim. I'm just saying, like, stop acting like that isn't a great thing to understand. Where you go into a modern church and it's like, Jesus gave me wings to fly to the sun. With Jesus, I can do anything. Nothing is my fault because I have Christ. I follow Christ. I go straight over the moon. It's like, Jesus Christ. It's like, we can get drunk and listen to Coldplay. Nothing is my fault because I have Christ. All right, dude. Well, maybe it's time to humble yourself a little bit. 
People hate the can be kicked down the road. Yeah. Yeah, Proverbs has the same shit. Guys, the Bible is accurate. I'm only... Dude, I highlighted AA today as the best Christian institution in America. This is not anti-Christian rhetoric. Christianity, as practiced by most American Christians, is fucking retarded. Okay? That's why I'll highlight Muslims and say, look, they're actually doing it. You know, like... Christian women will be offended or Christians will be offended if like somebody's okay. I'll give you a perfect example. Like I have a friend who's Muslim and his girl wore a headdress to her church with her family. And the, the her family was like, what are you Muslim now? It's like, you know, in Christianity, you're supposed to cover your head too, right? Like that's in your fucking Bible. It's like, Oh no, we're, 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 we have Christ. Like we're flying to the sun over the moon. If AA doesn't send a man in a robe with a huge silly hat to bless my condo, I'm not interested. Totally. Like that's why I keep highlighting Islam because so many things about Islam that people keep getting angry about is Christianity. It's highlight, like the Bible is very clear about these rules but meanwhile, in, mega, in all these churches in America, it's like, oh, let's go out for beers after, after Sunday. I don't know. I'm just like, so you guys have no problem with getting hammered? No. I mean, I had a wasted guy on the road once being like, yeah, have you accepted Christ, bitch? I'm like, dude, you're blackout drunk right now. Humble yourself, dude. Humble yourself. No, nah, man. Just say Jesus, Lord. Say Jesus, Lord. So you say, hey, 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 Jesus is Lord, dude. Jesus is Lord, bro. Fucking say it, dude. You don't fucking know. I'm like, this is a joke a comedian couldn't even come up with. You're a walking fucking joke. Oh, I'm saved, dude. Admit, admit. If you don't have a, tr- if you don't, if you don't say it, it won't work for me either. You're not my brother anymore. Big Bear, the Bear Fest was amazing. I can't wait to see what next year's festival is like. Beautiful families, beautiful community, beautiful land. I'm so grateful was able to be part of this year. Hoping to add a family of my own into the mix. Pip Squeak Bear, thank you. Yeah, why do people get so mad at the Bear community? Because my existence destroys the neocon grift and the truther grift. Paul from Pockets of the Future is not making pockets of the future. We are here. We are creating a decentralized community focused on lowering dependence on the system, raising morale, accepting, you know, your direct connection with the divine, uh, extreme responsibility, extreme accountability, all this stuff, honesty, facing the truth. We're actually fucking doing it, Paul. And you're not. And my existence shows that your entire stream is simply you, you complaining for money given to you by Pfizer and your fucking ad revenue from YouTube. Puddles of the past. Yeah. You're saying that the only way out is a meditation cult that failed. And how the fuck are people supposed to operate like that? Greetings, brothers and sisters. It's like Jim Bob is trying to show you a Christianity that's based on vengefulness, you know, Venom, dogma, betrayal, no humor, no joy, obsession, money, 
foreign influence. And like what we're doing exposes that because you're like, well, you guys seem like a bunch of miserable academic churchy and cucks that do nothing with their life except complain. Oh, but we have Christ. Well, just the fact we exist destroys their coping mechanism. That's why they're so mad. Owen, what uh, an incredible experience the festival was and what a great idea these postcards were too. Somehow I ended up with a stack of these, so at least I can write in easily until I get to the letter. Keep crushing Visceral Bear. Thank you, Visceral Bear. These are excellent um, postcards. Oh, really? Oh, getting your artists together in a community to make postcards for communicating through the mail? Dude, how about the fact that uh, <coughs> uh, Squirtus was like, I've only had to ban 80, I've, I've banned 80 bears from Twitter and they're all gone. That's all the bears. I'm like, uh, Squirtus, I get more letters in the mail than you get comments on Twitter. My community doesn't comment on Twitter. We're actually crushing. Oh, really? Time to squirt again. Oh, look, a homeless runaway. And that's why you're so hated. And loved. Let's not forget that there's a lot of love in this community. I get a lot of love, guys. One thing that I hope you guys remember so you don't feel bad for me or anything. My life is filled with love. Filled. My family loves me. My friends, my community. You guys, like... When we, that festival, like people were literally like, I think it cured my cancer. It's insane how good my life is. I get hate from people whose entire world scam has been revealed. I absolutely, my life is mostly love. But yeah, I get venomous, rageful hate at people where I mock their coping mechanism. Whether it's the Holocaust, whether it's the Trinity, whether it's, the truth or despair, rather it's, you know, whatever the fuck it is. It's like, why can't, because I, I have many friends that are totally into the Trinity that don't find me offensive at all. I have friends like, Trial Jubert went to a Holocaust museum recently. He's not triggered. I think we all know it was not six million, but like, no one's fucking mad. It's only the ones who need it to like cope and hide, you know? Mostly love. The hate is just loud. Guys, it's like, hang on. Give me one second. You see that? That's from like three days. No, it's like mostly love. I get like long letters of love and appreciation every single day. You know, it's like I have nothing to complain about. Zero. It's my life is awesome. The festival did not cure Jonah Bear's autism. That's true. You must believe six million. Yeah. It's like if it's not six million, I, I just have this knack of being able to catch coping mechanisms. I'm like the reasonable thing to say is we're not exactly sure how many people died in the Holocaust, but we feel like it was a lot. Saying six million, six million, I'm like, are you like shaking and sweating? Like what the fuck is wrong with you? It's the same with only through Christ. It's like so you can love Jesus. Follow everything he says. Feels like, feel like he was sent as a messenger from God, and that's not enough for a drunk. Like you, a staggering porn-addicted drunk who goes to a goddamn Coldplay concert in a mask every weekend, you're going to judge my religion because it's not the one thing that you can't explain properly? 
I call bullshit. Okay. It's just, it's just so obvious, dude. It's like, oh, now you're attacking me. No, no, no. If we don't get six million at the festival next year, it's a hate crime. Yeah. Let's do a song or two and then we'll call it a day. Oh, I told Black Belt Bear that I would, uh, I would do uh, Ben Harper. This song is all about uh, when Rim Job opens up the internet and sees I haven't done a stream for him to uh, for him to talk about endlessly. Gagging tonight's hanging with the Bears features the Scottish legend Ibram X for real this time, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Awesome, J Rock. A tip for saying nigger. It's a super helpful term uh, to use. It it dude. It actually lowers hate against black people. And you might think that I'm joking. I'm not joking. Without the word nigger, you can't differentiate and people are just going to say black people. Because we all see this huge wave in crime done by a very specific group of very dark people. Those are called niggers. Black men with a good family that work hard and tell the truth, they're not niggers. And if you can't differentiate those two, it doesn't go towards no one noticing all the crime being done by niggers. It goes the other way. It goes to people saying black people. I've seen it in my own life. Like people are like, oh, black people steal bikes. I'm like, no, niggers steal bikes. Having black skin does not mean you steal bikes. Niggers, that nigger stole my bike. It's not that black man stole my bike. slow it down yes indeed I I'm alone again and here comes emptiness crashing in Either love or hate, I can't. I'm gonna play it different. I'm not gonna play it like he strums it on the guitar. Yes, indeed, I am alone again. And here comes emptiness crashing in. It's either love or hate I can't find in between Cause I've been with witches But I have been with my queen It wouldn't have worked out anyway So now it's just another Lonely day Further along We just made But now it's just another Lonely day 
wish there was something I could say or do. I can resist anything but the temptation from you. But I'd rather walk alone than chase you around. I'd rather fall myself than let you. Drag me on down. It wouldn't have worked out anyway. So now it's just another lonely day. Further along, we just made. But now it's just another. Lonely day. Yesterday seemed like a lifetime ago. 'Cause the one I love today, I hardly know. You I held so close in my heart, oh dear. Grow further from me with every fall and tear. It wouldn't have worked out anyway. So now it's just another lonely day. Further along, we just made. But now it's just another lonely day. All right, what else you guys want to hear? Uh, next festival, I saw him. You screen him on the spot. Squirtus is just another lonely gay. Yeah, yeah. Squirtus is like, yesterday seemed like a lifetime ago. <laughs> Cause the Canadian had. Gabriel, he grew micro wings and had a bike with spokes, and he had a tiny mirror that he used to snort lots of coke. It turned out Squirtus is a gay. <laughs> What else you guys got? What do you want to hear? Want to hear crazy? I'll play it crazy. I'll get all the lyrics to crazy, and then I'll that'll call it.
was out of touch
remember when I remember when I lost my mind There was something so pleasant about that day Even your emotions had an echo In so much space out of touch But it wasn't because I didn't know enough I just knew too much I was little ever since I was little it looked like fun and it's no coincidence I've come
now that I'm older, my heart beats colder, I can see that it's a Up to meet me now 
But in the space between the heavens and the corner of some foreign field, I had a dream. A dream. Goodbye, Max. Goodbye, Ma. After the service, when you're walking slowly to the car, and the silver in her hair shines in the cold November air, you hear the tolling bell and touch the silk in your apparel. As the teardrops rise to meet the comfort of the band, you take her frail hand and hold on to the dream—a place to stay, a real one, enough to eat. Somewhere old heroes shuffle safely down the street, where you can speak out loud. About your doubt and fear. What's more, no one ever disappears. You never hear their stutters kicking in your door. You can relax on both sides of the tracks, and maniacs don't blow holes in bandsmen by remote control. Everyone has recourse to love. The children anymore. No one kills the children anymore. Night after night, going round and round my brain. The dream is driving me insane. In the corner. Of some foreign field, the gunner sleeps tonight. What's done is done. Does that make me crazy? Does that make me crazy? Does that make me crazy? Thank、you
touch And it wasn't because I didn't know enough I just knew too much Maybe I'm crazy gonna do it for me today that was a good one that was fun I was getting kind of emotional I was uh I was probably getting pretty close to having to pay my gay away <laughs> yikes all right nice work thank you um all right bravo thank you I feel like you guys enjoyed that one Codsworth any final super chats before I land this plane uh, baby album when? I don't know. I've been uh, busy making Holocaust mugs, so I'll, I'll figure it out. I'll definitely do an album at some point, but uh, I'm very, very passionate about Holocaust survivors making the world know that we're here and we're alive. Stitching UA, they came in rapid speed. Music to... I'm very passionate about the Holocaust, specifically survivors, and I want everyone to know that we're here and we're alive and there's nothing anyone can do about it. I survived the Holocaust. Thank you, BB. Love you guys. Yeah, you too, Longbow Bear. I'm just waiting on Codsworth, obviously. My uh, biography should be called Waiting on Coddington. It's just me going... Like, that's literally my, my entire life, just be called... Owen Benjamin's story, Waiting on Coddington. And I'm just doing this. Damn it, Coddington. Busy representing Holocaust. No, I'm a survivor of the Holocaust. I survived. My family survived the Holocaust. Um, My mother survived the Holocaust in Wisconsin. And my father survived the Holocaust in Illinois. Uh, I don't think proximity to the to Germany has anything to do with it. We all survived the Holocaust. I did send you a text, by the way, from earlier. Almost done. It's okay, Coddington. You can just go ahead and take your time. One second. Video you played said fag, so I had to delete the Twitter spe- stream. No problem. Fuck Twitter. I mean, I appreciate that they let me on. I'm not going to be a dick about it, but... Uh, frankly, I'm they're They've become tedious. Um, just waiting on Coddington. It's fine. Coddington. There's no pressure at all. Why don't you go ahead and take a nap? Maybe, uh, play a little cards. Oh, here we go. Awesome. I'm a proud Holocaust survivor. Deep State Bear gave me two bucks. That's a lot for you. Deep State Bear. Thank you for that. I know that took you uh, a long time to really. Get the guts to do that. Mortwolf Bear, another crushing stream, BB, and Dirt Buckets. My bear name is an homage to my dog, Mortimer. Big fan of Meatwolf. Logos Rising, indeed. Thank you. 
Taurus Bear. Hey, Big Bear, I've been watching your streams for a while. Wanted to pay some gay away, but also make a song suggestion. Can you play Simple Man? I can do that tomorrow. I got to meet my wife somewhere, so I got to go. Elkhart Bear, very nice. Hi, all. Tip for the piano man. Elegant. Glad to be here and alive. Uh, you as well, Elkhart Bear. BB, your version of One Day of Welcome to the Machine. Oh, I love playing that. I'll play that next time. Killing it. Thanks, Terror Bear. Uh, we absolutely love the piano moments. Thank you, Big Bear. Anytime, Double D. Be, be good. Tip for the piano man. Man, please verify me as Good Bear. Welcome, Good Bear. While you're waiting, just read one of Stuntman's shit jokes. I didn't see any of them, thankfully. God, are we good? P.O. Box 490, Sandpoint, Idaho, 83864. I love the letters. Let's keep the post office flowing. And don't be afraid to pay your gay away. Oh, a couple more here. I'm on Rumble, Telegram, Odyssey, BitChute. As always, unauthorized.tv. Don't be scared to not be gay. Irish Truth Seeker Bear, that was the best piano mashup to date. Appreciate you, Big Bear. Have a great evening. You as well. Right now, Rim Job is like, that wasn't good piano. <laughs> he's become like a parody of himself. He's like, that piano is, is he's just grifting. <laughs> he's playing some of the most beautiful music for free to the world because he's a piece of shit. Oh, Megan, jerk me off. Oh, no, I'm limp from drugs. Santi's world. Greetings also grande. Paying me gay away, even though I went to the doctor and came back gay negative. God bless. You can't trust those tests. They uh, did a gay away test and it turned and it said uh, somebody was not gay and it was a fucking pineapple. J-Rock. Tip for the piano man. Thank you, J-Rock. I think we're all caught up. Thanks for another awesome stream. And then I got one from D-Live. Watcher of coincidence. Thank you, D-Live. Uh, yeah, and don't forget D-Live, Owen Benjamin Comedy on D-Live. That seems to be a very consistent streaming platform in case one of the other streaming platforms becomes gay. And seriously, watch out for people that pretend like the word nigger is some special magic word because it's a fucking spell and everyone knows it. And it's not anti-black skin at all. It's about a fucking behavior. And people that have accepted lies and spells like that are not to be trusted or listened to. And for Christ's sake, do not give Paul Romano any fucking money. All right, guys, we'll see you tomorrow, 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Be- oh, and merch for bears. Go get yourself a nice T-shirt or hoodie. Be fruitful and multiply. Don't be fruity and ball guy.